I will everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Um, fuck, how do we normally start this? <laughs> Uh, all right, right I got this. I got this. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very exciting edition of Grown Men Watch This Shit. Indeed. Uh, this is a quite the sizable uh, episode. We have uh, live show reports. We have a, a sweet interview with uh, with. Uh, Adam Bruiser of Underworld Wrestling, uh, but back to most back Underworld Wrestling interviews we're doing. It, it's a trend going through grown men watch this shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sure is, and uh, I'm loving the shit out of it, uh, as you will too. So stay tuned. But holy shit! Watch the biggest. Holy shit! The biggest, most most monumental, most newsworthy edition of David Arquette watching history. <laughs> yes. Fuck me. And the best part about it is it was double full because at first when the match where everyone knows about what we're about to discuss was first announced, me and Chris both lost our minds. Mm-hmm. And it lived up to all hype and there some. And of course, we were talking about David Arquette versus Nick one badass. Fucking Alpaca. Gage. A gauge, baby. Holy shit. <laughs> Game Changer Wrestling, uh, Joey Janela, LA Confidential. Fuck me. This uh, match over-delivered, I could say, and then some. Uh, there was some, some controversy, possibly, but in my mind, this was probably the most enjoyment I have ever had watching wrestling. What? Talk. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, Let's the- just jump in. What? The best part is Twitter being so lit with basically David Arquette's in a death match. David Arquette's in a death match. <laughs> like, what? What age are we living in? Twenty eighteen. Uh, David Arquette, so former WCW champion, panned for the most part. Now reliving some old glory and actually, you know, uh, going way past expectations. So much so, getting in this death match, getting a lot of color. Um, and then oh. essentially shooting on Nick Gage at one point during the match. Yep, yep. He got up. <laughs> he left the match. I don't know whether he was looking for some sort of uh, some sort of emergency support to fix his neck that wasn't there, and just thought, "Fuck it, I'm going to get back in this ring." But oh my gosh, everything about this was, was spectacular. I mean, we, we've spoken before at length of like every every you know when it was first announced this this comeback to, to pro wrestling to his his first match with the uh, RJ City uh, to just all of the twists and turns that we've been able to to cover for our our loyal listeners because. Uh, clearly, David Arquette is our, our favorite topic of, of 2018. He loves wrestling, and we love him for it. We sure do. We uh, sure do. But, I mean, I, the, I think... The when, fallout. Well, we before we get the to the fallout, out, I wanted go, go. to... Like, just the thoughts going into it. When you heard this was announced, you're like, this is David Arquette against Nick Cage. <laughs> what the fuck's going to happen? You know, it's like so much mystery, and, and I don't know. It's like, is, is this going to be... Because we've seen Nick Cage before do do matches... Uh, that aren't necessarily all that 
death matches. You know, like the, the, the Rich Swan one from the um, Game Changer Wrestling Live Fast, Die Young, I thought was a great example of, of Nick just going out there and fucking wrestling. I mean, sure, in the finish, he, he threw a motherfucker through a door. Uh, but apart from that, it was pretty much just a, a really good wrestling match. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I was expecting here. Maybe just like a, a real, you know, a solid uh, little little wrestling match for David Arquette to do his lucha spots. Nick Gage makes him look good, uh, you know, beats the shit out of him to an extent. Maybe we'll see some doors or something. But, oh my gosh, I had no expectations whatsoever for, like, real, proper, full-blown deathmatch wrestling with light tubes and shit. Fuck me. When those light tubes came out, I was like, oh, shit, hold on to your asses. I was almost thinking they were going to tease them and maybe use them just for one spot for the the finish. That was my expectation then. But no. No, it uh, it was quite a bit more than that, sir. Yeah, quite a bit of blood. Uh, I love the cutter uh, oh, yeah. across the fucking light tubes on the chairs. That honestly, one of the coolest looking images in de- for me. I'm not a big fan of death matches, but it looks so fucking dope. What oh, a spot! Yeah. And and like and the then, Yo Holmes to DDP with the the diamond cutter with the reference there. You know, all of us knowing about uh, the the DDP feud from from Ready to Rumble. Uh, every time I see him do the DDP spot, uh, diamond cutter, it makes me very happy, but through light tubes. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. And then some fun cameos, of course. Uh, so the cameo I was expecting was, it was Messiah, right? That showed up. Yeah. But first we had Joey Ryan. Oh yeah. Joey. Um, So Joey was there with like his arm in the sling because he was originally meant to be uh, Nick Gage's opponent. So he came to to save David Arquette, but then running interference to prevent Joey Ryan from getting in is none other than the fucking Messiah of XPW fame. <laughs> I have not heard that motherfucker's name mentioned since he uh, got his uh, his was it his pinky that got cut off from um, Rob Black. Yeah, um, for um, stealing um, his girl or something. Yeah, fucking nuts. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Well, Fuck. one other thing that I thought was an f- interesting wrinkle is, so uh, everyone, we discussed it uh, before, David Arquette's kind of doing a documentary on this little run of wrestling, mm-hmm. and I guess Luke Luke Perry was is one of the producers, and he was backstage <laughs> at this fucking death match so luke perry from 90210 <laughs> was backstage at a death match at a game changer wrestling was... show <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck is that i just love everything about it actually oh yeah overall like just there was a moment in the match because I was, I was watching it with my good friend mitch uh on, on my couch he just got in to my house like right when this match was just starting i was like oh sir you have gotten here right at the right time um and yeah just the, the the surrealness of when they got into the light tubes and they're they're really you know nick gages has given him the real what to with these light tubes and david the I, yeah david arquette is, is up for everything seemingly it's like he did he just get there i saw a picture where they had a nice dinner with one another uh before the show uh <laughs> oh my god just so classy it was it was amazing it was almost like uh one of those uh scenes where they have the dinner for two uh, in the, the WWE thing where they make it look like quite the classy scene and just Nick yeah, Gage and, and uh, I'm going to fucking hit you with some fucking my poops. <laughs> Man, this is pretty good poutine. <laughs> <laughs> that was my terrible Nick Gage impression. Yeah, some some excellent Pinot Noir too. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> but MDK. yeah. MDK, motherfuckers. But yeah, like David Arquette has obviously just said, you know what, man? 
just just do it all. I'm, I'm up for anything, man. Let's just I'm I'm doing a death match. Let's just go for broke. And they fucking did. And yeah, there was a moment where I was just sitting there. I'm like, this is so fucking surreal. Like I've I've it's very uh, infrequently uh, where you have these moments where you just look at. at what you're watching and you look at it in the context of the current year and, and just all of the wrestling you've seen up to that point. And you're like, this is, yeah. this is the most bizarre, surreal, crazy thing that I've ever seen. You know, I watched it live as well, which, which added to it, uh, bought the old pay-per-view off of fight.tv and then contributed to the, the charities that, uh, Joey and, and Brett Lauderdale and game changer wrestling, uh, uh, working with, uh, I believe the the shootings and the the wildfire uh, relief, the good stuff there, guys. But yeah, I was just looking yep, at yep. it. I'm like, this is this is just fucking nuts and amazing, and I'm so excited and just like everything about this is just coming to a head. And then uh, the, the 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 big moment that everyone talked about, I guess, where Nick was was really fucking doing his all out um, the death match thing with the light tubes where he's just like got the jagged broken light tube and he's just like crunching it into his like shoulder neck kind of area. Uh, and it's like, this is fucking intense. It's like just one of those real heated moments. And so this is where the mystery comes about, you know, uh, guess, uh, the, the, you know, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I think David, Arquette just, just freaked out in the moment. Cause it just got a bit much for him. The intensity of the moment, he hasn't done this before. It's got to be just a crazy thing. Um, and, and he, turned around which resulted in him shoot turning into the light tube on the wrong angle and it creating a quite a large puncture hole in his neck which is no good uh but yeah then he took nick down it was a weird bit of a moment then he got up walked out we said he came back and then uh fucking really sabu to chair at him with the through the <laughs> yeah. light tubes that was pretty great nick just fucking kill him with another light tube shot and then did like a shoot judo takedown for the <laughs> shoot one two three and i was like this whole thing wow wow yes. what more can you say than wow <laughs> and then of course uh david arquette came out and said he won't be doing any more death matches uh he commended nick gage and everyone at gcw for their professional and mm-hmm. he said he agreed to everything that he was getting involved in i thought and- that was great because there was so many pieces of shit on twitter that were just like oh that guy was was really um unsafe and and uh you know just uh, unprofessional and all this shit and then they're putting shit on joey uh joey janella even in addition to yeah brett lauderdale and, and gcw as a whole and it's like these people clearly don't know what they're talking about but yeah then it was awesome that um david okett actually came out in defense of all of that and it's like, guys, stop talking shit about him. You know, all this is on me. Uh, I thought that was a really classy move. And, and again, this is why we love David Arquette on this show. Well, then it even went in another layer than that. Everyone who is a big fan of David Arquette in Ready to Rumble knows that one Shane Helms was actually his stunt double and helped train him. Shane actually came out and said, sorry, Dave, you're being a little naive. They, these guys took advantage of you. They took advantage of your star power, put you in a situation you weren't ready for. Uh, uh, he said a commendable booker would never have done that. Uh, a respectable booker would never have done such a thing. So it's just weird how so many opinions about such a crazy agreed-upon wrestling match can spur out to, you know, 
one Shane Helms, me and yeah. you. Uh, so many different perspectives. I mean, we all yeah. know that uh, Shane Helms is a bit of an outspoken guy from a lot of his different uh, things that he said, his, his shows, For his sure. thing on Shawn Michaels, this, that, the other. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, a guy that's not afraid to, to speak out. But, again, I, I think that was a, a horse shit um, perspective to, to have. And, uh, again, the same thing, I was actually watching an amazing um, episode of Joe Rogan's oh, list. Watching, listening to an uh, episode of Joe Rogan's podcast with Jake the Snake, which, holy fuck, everyone needs to take two hours out of your life and listen uh, to that one. Incredible. But part of it, uh, Joe puts on this match uh, in, in front of, of Jake, and they just watch it, and Joe's just, like, blown away. Um, but, yeah, then you're getting, like... <laughs> Jake the Snake's perspective of what happened, and he was like, oh, definitely a double cross. Yeah, yeah, he got fucked. Look, see see where he, like, turns around to this? He was supposed to go over, but but then, you know, guy changed it on him in the ring. It's like, clearly do not know what you're talking about, but everyone <laughs> likes to talk about it, right? Everyone's got to get yes, their, pers- their perspective out, out there. Yes, yes, opinions, opinions, opinions. That's why we do this fucking show, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's not yes, like we, we have to get our opinions out there on anything, right? Yeah, it'd be amazing if we just did the show. It's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say, but, you know, I, people, a lot of people have a lot of good points. So, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good points across the board. Just a very, yep, very yep. political, like, presidential response. <laughs> you know, it's a complicated issue. Uh, you know, a lot of different opinions. <laughs> I mean, I like the show, but I can see why people didn't like the show. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> what the worst podcast of all time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm happy to say that I thought the whole thing was awesome. Whoever says this was a black eye NRS thing, just fuck you. You know, I think this was amazing. It was a surreal once in a lifetime moment, and that's what Joey said as well. And in like his tweet after the show, he's like, "This is someone people are going to look back on in ten years and be like, holy fuck, remember that time when David Arquette did it." Deathmatch and wrestled Nick Gage. Yeah. Like, that, this was an amazing thing to, to be part of. The amount of publicity that he got in terms of getting uh, Deathmatch wrestling over to, to people otherwise who would have no idea about it, I thought was awesome. Uh, put, brought a lot more attention to independent wrestling as a whole, and, and especially Game Changer Wrestling, which we've been talking about favorably for a long time. Uh, more people need to get on board with GCW, and I cannot wait for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just great as a whole. Um, I'm, I'm glad. I bet you know. Uh, by the sounds of it, David Arquette and, uh, and Nick Gage got to patch this up afterwards from something that went a little bit awry. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's anything negative about it whatsoever. I think the whole thing, fucking awesome. Bravo. Right now, mm-hmm. brother, brother. And the rest of that show was badass as well. Uh, did, did you get to catch any of the rest of the stuff? I did not. I I just tried to cram in the one thing to make sure just so we could talk about it. But cool. uh, I, I the rest of the show sounded awesome, except for a lot of fucking freaky shit like Marco Stunt now having oh. to have surgery, unfortunately. Gosh, I, the, the, the camera angle on the live show didn't actually catch it properly. But then I saw like a, a fan camera view of it. And the finish was after they did so much insane shit. Uh, Eli Everfly, The Fly, um, and Marco Stunt, two guys that generally will go out there and probably, you know, the other guy will ask them what they want to do, and they'll just say, I'll fucking do anything. Um, so it's normally on the opponent to, I guess, be the voice of reason. There was no voice yeah. of reason in this room. <laughs> yeah, no, sir. Uh, yeah, there's so many crazy spots. Uh, there's one particular dragon, Poison Rana, um, 
where I think it was Marcos just took it like on the top of his head in like the most uncomfortable, awful looking positions where I was really concerned about his neck when they when the thing happened at the end and everyone's like, oh shit, Marcos is hurt. I'm like, fuck, I hope he's not paralyzed because the finish was a Canadian destroyer through a door off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and stupid, and I was whatever. really worried about his neck because of that that poison runner. Uh, it turns out when you watch this like fan um, camera perspective, it was actually his uh, his his leg that, that got uh, landed on this this chair awkwardly. And uh, yeah, it sounded like really bad news regarding that leg injury. It's going to be on the shelf for a little while, sadly. Yes, sir. But uh, apart from that, there was some rad shit on this show. Uh, I, I really wanted to call out uh, the, the awesome Sasuke match with DJZ because Sasuke was originally meant to wrestle um, uh, Amazing, Amazing Red. Red. But Amazing Red couldn't come out because of the, the, the flights being fucked uh, that weekend. But uh, no, I thought DJZ, uh, that match was awesome. It was so great. I didn't even know how good these guys were going to mesh together, but it was fantastic. I guess a lot of it also may be uh, DJZ's uh, experience in the, the lucha style as well and how much Sasuke has been like a, such a pioneer of that lucha rusu uh, kind of hybrid lucha Japanese style for so many years. But, yeah, that was great. Uh, I also thought uh, Brody King uh, and Holly was, like, way better than, I think, anyone's expectations in terms of two big bowling motherfuckers just going out there and beating the shit out of one another. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, the the live feed cut out and everyone was so upset, but then they they put the match out for free, so everyone can make sure to check out that if you don't see any of the rest of this show. Great stuff. Um, and then my my match of the show was the return of Human Tornado to to wrestle uh, Penelope, and I loved this match. Like I was such a Human Tornado back fan back in the day with the his sort of OG PWG stuff, uh, like his tag team with El Generico. Like he was dude was awesome. He was like PWG champion and almost Too like skinny black guys. Yeah, two skinny black guys. One of the greatest tag team names of all time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, him and, and Penelope went out there and had this badass match. Uh, and they got to the near falls. Like they, It was like a real intense like human tornado turned up his like, mean guy side, which we, we would see upon occasion back in PWG. Uh, and it's, yeah, real piece of shit to Penelope through the match and just the heat for it and the near falls and... and the tornado did not in any way uh, go light because he was working a girl, and I always always respect that. You know, if you're going to do an intergender match, uh, go all out, and and that's what he did. Uh, very similar to kind of like uh, the the awesome uh, Chris Dickinson match that he had with uh, Princess Kimberly up in uh, Beyond Wrestling that got quite a bit of attention a few years ago. So yeah, I thought that this was a great match overall, really fun show. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it, and I can't wait to see what Game Changer Wrestling does next. Yes, sir. And uh, just speaking back on we like last couple of shows, we've talked about a lot of injuries actually, and something really awesome that Pro Wrestling Tees did is they set up a specific page on their site for wrestlers who are currently dealing with an injury and could use a little extra attention and you know a little extra funding so fans could go and support directly maybe they didn't know a wrestler's injured or maybe they just want to check this page out and support some wrestler they don't even know by buying some merch you know it's 
it's anything they could do to help out. And Pro Wrestling Tees is at this specific page. I don't have the address, but I'm sure you can find out. You know, through the magic of Google. Yes, I sir. You can get or Twitter. You yeah, get on there. But yeah, check it out, dude. That's really it's awesome. Really and cool. I think Marco's got a page up there. I heard Marco is also there. There's some some bum bags that are being sold to raise funds for him. I'm not sure exactly where you can find those, but I thought that was great. You know, as much as a, oh. an aficionado uh, of um, of fanny packs, bum bags, uh, as everyone knows, as I am, that's that's great. Everyone, get yourself a bum bag and support Marco's stunt. Top notch. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> I think that'll do us there. Uh, Let's reporting? get into the show reports. Let's, let's go on to that, and then uh, yeah, everyone, stay tuned for a really fun interview with uh, Adam Bruiser uh, as uh, a main event of the show. All right, guys. So I feel a little bit um, a little bit strange here because I'm recording for the first time without Jeremy. I feel a little bit like I'm, I'm cheating on him. Uh, however, it's it's just for a short part of the show, so I feel like it's it's vaguely going to be okay. We'll we'll see. Uh, however, uh, myself and my good friend Mitch, as has been referred to previously on the show, went to a Brisbane wrestling show this evening. The the Pro Wrestling League. Uh, as you would. It was their their first ever show, and we thought that it would be a a fun little idea to give our immediate post-show thoughts. So, uh, welcome to the program, Mitch. Hi. How are you? I am fantastic, especially knowing that I have a moniker, Mm. including good friend Mitch. Mm. All the listeners finally get to hear my my deep baritone and assign it to the name every time. As we know from this show, we only have my friends <laughs> on the show. <laughs> we also know you ask all the hard-hitting questions. Oh, indeed. You, indeed. Was, you were telling me before that he was actually that you, Chris, are actually a, a cold pasta man. Mm. And then you jumped out of your comfort zone and reheated the pasta. I did. This was in the post-wrestling show, getting back to the house and wanting something to eat and so it was some tasty uh, mushroom uh, pesto pasta in the fridge, and I had a hard decision of whether I just want to eat it cold or whether I want to go to the effort of reheating it. Um, I had a mouthful cold, and it was good, but I thought that the reheating it would be worth the trouble, and my gosh, it was. See, oh, I, I don't know. I'm one of those definitely pasta has to be hot kind of people, whereas as, as I was talking to you and Courtney, uh, early in the week, I actually typically, I'm one of those weird guys who will buy a pizza and put it in the fridge so that I can have cold pizza mm. instead. I do a similar thing with sausages. I'll cook sausages and straight straight into the fridge. Oh, you creep. Yeah, I know. But, but pasta has to be warm. Yeah. Well, I, I would never buy a pizza to actually put it in the fridge to cool it down to get that. But I definitely share your enthusiasm for next day fridge pizza. It's a yeah. special thing. Um, but, I mean... Onto the show, uh, the, it was a fun thing. Uh, we were actually thinking of doing like a pre-show little ramble on the way to the show, uh, but we didn't, and it's probably best that we didn't because it turned out there was a fuckload of rain. Oh my god, it was insane! Yeah, it has been many, many years. So for the for the listening audience at home, I'm 25 years old. I've been driving for 10ish years. Uh, open license for about seven. I think, I think I've only ever had to pull over because it was raining too hard that I 
was unable to see once before in my whole life. It's that sideways rain that yeah. you hear about. It's one of those insane driving down the motorway, desperately trying to figure out if you're still in your lane because the person ahead of you is turned <laughs> off, and we we had to call the quits. Mm, we did, and uh, at the same time, um, we're heading down. It's like about an hour's drive to the show, so it was quite the commitment mm. for a Brisbane <laughs> wrestling show. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I've sometimes been accused in the past of talking down to local wrestling. I think I'm forever the optimist, <laughs> yeah. however, you know. That's actually, uh, I think, the biggest difference between us. People like to liken us a lot. And, and I don't know, there's the optimist in Chris. I'm the person people are like, oh, Mitch, Brisbane Wrestling. And I'm like, whatever you're expecting, I need you to lower that by like four <laughs> bars and just say at least they're trying. Yeah, so I mean, generally we don't get to most of the Brisbane Wrestling shows because of sometimes it's potentially low bar. However, uh, I was personally quite enthused about this show because it was a debut show for a new group and they're bringing in a lot of interstate talent. Uh, we had quite a few big names on the show uh, from Sydney. Uh, probably the biggest being Robbie Eagles. Mm, sniper of the Sky. Yes, indeed. The new uh, Bullet Club member himself. He had the feathers and, and everything in mm. tow. Uh, we also had Mick Moretti, uh, uh, another very impressive uh, dude uh, who's been doing a lot of good things in Sydney and has recently come up with this kind of maverick, interesting yeah. kind of character. He's got a sweet, like, vaudevillian, but the whole show in one kind of thing going on. Yeah, I mean, between the character work and the, the uh, actual um, in-ring wrestling as well, I think he's, he's just ready to be at that level of, like, popping up to be, yeah, yeah. be entering that, that kind of high-tier group of uh, Australians that do sweet international stuff. I think, like, the UK yeah, yeah, crowd yeah. would love it, for example. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then uh, we also had a Caveman Ugg. Who is fucking great. I love Caveman <laughs> Ugg. I first saw him on a MCW show down in uh, Melbourne. And I just fell in love with the guy straight away. Beforehand, yeah. I'd, I'd heard of him and I was like, oh, it's just a dude doing like a Cavanario or Barbaro gimmick. Um, Which is the first instinct anyone has when they see a long-haired bearded man. Yeah. Is they're doing a Cavanavirta thing rip-off <laughs> right there on the street. Indeed, but uh, you know, once you get past those those preconceptions, dude's fucking great and just yeah. does the gimmick so well. Yeah, no, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of Caveman Ugg in passing before, possibly only from you. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably. Yeah, and I actually think that was the big divide between us going into the show. Is I don't actually keep in touch with Interstate Australia stuff a whole lot. It's really just stuff like uh, I knew Davis, but I really knew Davis because he worked up here. Mm. Um, and I knew Robbie because I knew Robbie when he came up here. And so if, if people hadn't come up here and worked back in the days when we were working, I, I didn't really have a touchstone for them. Which is fair enough. Um, which I think it leads to our, our great divide between our opinion of the show. is I, mm. I think Chris had an expectation because he, he was aware of... I keep swapping between talking to you and talking <laughs> to a third-party audience. I mean, as, it's to good. You, about you. Because I personally just get so up my own ass with this show where I just constantly am only talking to the person that I'm talking to. Like yeah. we're just having a, a chat and I completely ignore and isolate all you listeners. Time, no, so. but the, li- the listeners are the ones who subscribe and buy the merchandise and support the Patreon. Indeed, indeed. We um, do, you do got to get a shirt. You do got to because I'm a teacher. I do got to. You have to. You have to get a shirt made that says the dogs have done another run-in. <laughs> Had a few run-ins from the dogs, yeah. but they're, they're really nice at the moment. Yeah, it's exactly right there. So, back to the show. Back to the show. So, yeah, we, we missed a, a 
good yeah. deal of the show because, A, here's my first point. I just want to complain about something a little bit. They started the show at the start time of the, of the Facebook, Facebook event. event. So the, the Facebook <sighs> event said it started at 6.30 in the PM. It did. And it started at like 6.35. 6.35, we got a message from our uh, friend Adam, man mm-hmm, on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, guys, the show's about to start. We're in torrential rain. Yeah, we, even if we didn't have the rain, we still would have been like a good half hour away. Yeah. Who starts a show at the time that the Facebook event says it's going to start? Because the assumption is when you do a Facebook event for an event, the Facebook event is starting early because you get that little reminder, right? You get so if your event starts on Facebook at six thirty, you get a thing at five thirty that's like, oh, you've got an event coming up in an hour. Mm. It doesn't actually assign to the start time of your show, so we were left to assume that the doors would open at six thirty. Yeah, show would start at seven, which we would have been on time for if not for the uh, blinding the rain. rain. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's almost like a, a, a bit of a comparison to the show as a whole, insofar as it was, it was almost way too organized it was too clean for you yeah it was dirty man yeah i like me some dirty indie wrestling and this was just so clean and well organized and everything was well put together the production was great everyone had little shirts yeah they had fucking shirts made up man. oh it looks so good though they had these polo shirts where they actually had the insignia of the company in the in their little corner it was it it was was so so Oh, man. No. Um, but, yeah, it was this overall, everything was tight. There was, like, a tight, polished ship. There, there wasn't any barnacles anywhere to be seen. <laughs> it was perfectly executed. Everyone's shirts were crisp. The lighting mm. cues were on point. The sound worked perfectly. The mm. matches all made sense. Yeah, but, I mean, is that what we want out yes. of our indie wrestling show? Yes. Do we do we want it all to be nice and well formatted, or do we want it to just be a fucking car wreck? And then sometimes after the car wreck, you get something amazing. I I don't know. Yeah, it was see, we a were, bit too sterile for me. I want to say. Yeah, we were talking about this in the parking lot, and I uh, back to my expectations thing because Chris knew more about the interstate guys. I think Chris had an expectation. He's like, the mm. show's going to be really good. Um, whereas I'm quite known for saying that wrestling is dumb and I hate it. <laughs> so I was going like you could you could put the five best guys in the world on a card and I'll be like that's gonna suck because it will because wrestling is a disappointment (laughs) yeah it's like university in that way anyway um but no because it was really good and everything worked and it looked really good and the sound was great and all the matches worked real well and it was just everything was clean and nice and above average and I was like this is great this is Mm. amazing this is so much better than I expected and Chris over here being like, <laughs> oh, I expected X, Y, Z, and I only got X and Y. Oh. Well, it's, it's not, I mean, I compared it to, I think you guys were saying that this show was almost like a, a, a good, decent middle-of-the-road beer. You yeah. know, it's like you've, you've paid your money, it's, it's, it's delivered above expectations, there wasn't any disappointment. To me, I, I want my wrestling to be more like a, a heroin kind of experience. Yeah, you, you know? want your peaks and your valleys. I want the high highs. I want the low lows. I want just the, the feeling in between where you're like, what am I even doing with my life? I, I want that dirty, <laughs> visceral, independent wrestling experience. And, I, I you know, you get that a lot of the time. And, and I guess I expect that from some of the, the shows I've seen in Melbourne. You know, as great as the Melbourne City Wrestling is. Don't don't get me wrong. There are sometimes quite the low lows on those shows to yeah. match the crazy high highs where you have a, 
you know, a, a Jonah Rock or a, a Will Ospreay, a Robbie Eagles, like these dudes that are just insanely great. But then you have some dudes quite a ways down yeah. from that. And that's what makes you appreciate the high highs, I think, a yeah, bit yeah. more. So yeah. when you don't have those crazy low lows, maybe you don't appreciate yeah. the good as much. You don't, when you haven't had the low lows since the long, long ago, mm. you don't appreciate the high highs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It makes sense. Um, we did miss so about a third of the yeah. show. So we and I, I feel like that's what would have given you what you wanted. Maybe, but so the the matches I was most excited for was my friends wrestling really good guys. Yeah. So one of the local dudes that I think the the most of, uh, Tim the Kincaid, uh, was working Robbie Eagles. Now any other show in Queensland that would be the main event of the show. Yeah. However, on this show they did a bunch of uh, singles matches for dudes to qualify into this ladder match main event where they they crowned their the big new champion of the the company. Um, so, uh, we sadly missed pretty much almost the entire first round of oh, those man. matches due to this fucking rain. Uh, on a, a side note, we actually got some tasty, uh, chicken ribs. Mm, at, at and garlic bread. And garlic bread. Don't undersell that garlic bread. Garlic bread was main event. Yeah. Well, we waited out the, the rain. So, I mean, that made me happy. But at the same time, while we were eating those ribs and garlic bread, we were missing out We were missing match. out on... We missed out on Caveman Ugg against Jade Diamond, another guy that's yeah. really solid, the Maori Terminator. We were talking about uh, Jade Diamond as well because we got a bit of feedback from from people who actually made it on time, <laughs> like <laughs> like professionals. Like well-organized people. <laughs> Dis- the disappointments they are. What are they doing with their lives that they can make it to wrestling on time? Oh, gosh, nerds. Um, but no, we basically got the feedback of, ah, oh, the Jade Diamond match was really solid, really good, and we had hmm. a chat about every Jade Diamond match is that, is really solid, is really yeah. good. Very good, very yeah. good, uh, dude. I always respected his his um his in ring work. Uh, I think as I was saying in the last show, one of my favorite matches I ever worked was uh, with Josh against him and our uh, guest from the prior show, Slade Mercer. Mm. Um, but yeah, sometimes you know, uh, we're not pushed to guess in the right way. Uh, a bit like you know, further outside of his safety box, I guess. Uh, maybe uh, Jay Diamond can be a little bit middle of the road. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, of all the matches of his I've ever seen, I don't know how many of them I would ever be like, these are, like, awesomely exceptional. But I've never seen does... him do a bad match. He's yeah, always every... had real good, real solid. And to me, that average is like, yeah, dude, he's hitting above world-class athletes' averages for no bad matches. I'm not like, that great at, like, comparisons to baseball stats. Well, you've had that brain damage, so math is hard. So what's a good batting average? Like, not Uh, a crazy great batting average, but, like, a decent batting average. You chose a a sport we don't know. (laughs) Well, you're Australian. um, (laughs) I'm going to say 12. This is a a part of the conversation that would really be aided if Jeremy Jeremy were here. No, we should fight through it, though. Life is about commitment. I want to say, like, a point... Two five batting average. Oh, see, I went twelve, so it's got to be somewhere in between. Let's split in the middle Wait, and do like, five. Like a so a point one two is what you went. With. No, I went twelve. I don't know if I've ever watched the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's split the difference. <laughs> the difference and say six. So he's like, I've got a batting average of six. You know, pretty good. Yeah. But like, so with the batting average, it's like a point five would be you hit one out of every two, which would be crazy great. Yeah, that's the same. I think generally if you have like a point three, that's like 
very, very good. Right. So that's why I went with, I don't know, I may be way out to, out to lunch here. Yeah. Anyway. Way um, out to lunch. That's what you went with. Yeah. Yeah, right. But to, to bring this this conversation back into lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we went out, chucked a piss on a bush, you know, <laughs> decided, had a bit of a smoko, and we're like, right, time to get back to lunch. And we went. Pastor had gone cold. That's all right. That's how we prefer it. Yeah, and so we missed the Jay Diamond match. Yeah, we missed, we missed the... that. We we came into the show during the what uh, I was I, I you know decided because we only saw the finish. Mm. But the best match on the show, I think, uh, Mick Moretti uh, against. I got um, it. I got it. I wrote his name down. You wrote his name down. Xander Sullivan. Xander Sullivan. We See Xander Sullivan. We we've, call we've him seen before, forehead. but we only know him as forehead. Yeah, he has a large forehead. You see. But it's not in a us making fun of him kind of way. It's like I think it's a self depreciation thing yeah. where he'll outwardly say it, and he has like a little hand gesture and such. Anyway, he uses it to great guy. effect, as we saw tonight. Yeah, that as... match was really good. We only saw the finishing sequence, so we we're probably there for like the last yeah. four minutes. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. But in that four minutes, I was like, "This is the best match of the show," and I don't yeah. think anything, including the main event, even matched up to that. No, especially not in crowd reaction. Like the whole, even that main event. I mean, the little kids were super into it, which is you know what you want. Yeah. And, um, you know, people were doing their chants and doing their claps and stuff, but no one was, like, into it like they were for that main event we walked in on. Um, yeah, but, I mean, then there was a really fun uh, tag match that we got to see, like a three-way multi-man tag, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was very good. Um, and, and then, yeah, like, the actual main event with the the ladder match uh, was, was perfectly good. Nothing like crazy dumb spots. There was some innovative yeah. kind of stuff. There was a hilarious bit where... So they did the the spot where the ladder is in the other ladder and then between the turnbuckles. So Making like, like a, ladder, a table platform. Yeah, ladder platform deal. And we thought there was going to be like a pile driver on it. and But the ladder was jutted into the other ladder so barely. Yeah, like, it, it we would have been, at it. For, for our American listeners, it would have been a sixteenth of an inch. There like, we go. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it was not. It was not secured, and, the and referee... it was put at an angle as well. It wasn't was not <laughs> nice and horizontal. There was a there was a decline. And they stepped, and then the the ladder bumped down to the next yeah. rung, and the crowd like jumped out of their seats. Oh, I weird. know we did. Oh yeah. my gosh, it was terrifying. Yeah, but they survived. Everyone survived. My only regret is not chanting, "You almost died." Yeah, were, and they didn't even know. No. Like, they didn't even know how close to death they were. No, well, see, Robbie Eagles was involved in that spot, and I like to think he's always on the precipice of death. Mm. Or mm. it's his sweet sniper of the sky gimmick that keeps him alive, and his bandanas. Yeah, we decided that he's, he's got the multiple bandana thing, and each uh, bandana is either a life bar or like a, a special orb, yeah. like kind of thing. But it, either way, definite uh, video game reference type of deal. And when he's down to the last bandana, you really you know, know he's in trouble. Yeah, shit. If, if he's actually got no bandanas yeah. left, he's pretty much just got to be dead fish selling. Yeah, see, yeah. anyone who's only getting into Robbie Eagles. Now in his rise yeah, through the bowlers and PWG the, success and in, New Japan and influencing him poorly, um, will we'll have missed amazing seventeen bandanas at once, Robbie, which was my favorite <laughs> Robbie period when he would have two in his head, two in his neck, both arms just covered in bandanas, and he's like, "Do you reckon I could get more on, guys? Do you reckon I could get more bandanas?" Ah, that maybe, was my favorite Robbie period. It's maybe a slight exaggeration, but probably not that. Far uh, Seventeen from feels are about right. Maybe, <laughs> but yeah, Robbie Eagles uh, was was very good. I thought he was a highlight of this match. Uh, General was a bit of a, a PWA Black Label kind of tribute. Was three of the main dudes um, from there between Ugg 
uh, Robbie and Mick Moretti, and then a, a Queensland local, um, Jake Nova. Uh, but yeah, a perfectly yeah decent match. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that was that was the flaw of the card for me. Like perfectly decent. Yeah. Not not crazy great. Nothing bad. Not offensive. But yeah, it was perfectly. Uh, good show. The, the show is actually put on um, by a dude, uh, Mitch uh, Mitch McCarthy is his, his working name. He's been around Queensland for like bloody forever. Um, and to be honest, I never really liked the guy. <gasps> yeah. You're like, hearing it here first. Yeah. What? I thought uh, you two were like besties. No, there's just some oh, people in the wrestling what? business that you just don't vibe with. Well, in my mind. I just never really vibed with him. Um, and so it's, yeah, just one of those, those people, but you, you know, you do the, what we call the fabe shake too, and, <laughs> and that's about it. But you know, I wanted to get to this show cause it, it's important to me to support, um, you know, people that are trying to do yeah. something different. And I could tell that he was putting a lot of himself into this. Like with, he's obviously spent a lot of money on, on, in a, oh, in yeah. flights, like, the production values, the shirts, the production values. Like you, you kind of buried it before with your, everything's too clean. I was so, <laughs> I was so impressed with like working lights and the sound didn't go wrong. And all the videos were really like the presentation was as top notch professionals I've ever seen from an Australian it, company. It was and it's their first show. Orchestra. Yeah. Well, which, uh, if you're not in a Latvian hall or a youth orchestra, I don't want to see your product. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're not worth my time. If you're yeah. bigger than, if you don't fit in the youth orchestra hall or the Latvian hall, they, I haven't got time for you. They are our options for Australian <laughs> independent wrestling. Everything's um, a step up from a bowls club. But yeah, so uh, I, I thought it was, it was totally decent and they've got the next show in, in February. So yeah. it's a bit of a ways between shows. So we're like, I guess you can you know, afford to bring back more interstate dudes if you got that much time yeah. between shows. But it should be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you, you posted. Any, any closing thoughts, my friend? Um, no, I was really good. Really impressed. Everything was fun. That was my kind of takeaway to every match. Was I was like, oh, that was fun. What, what, like, what a fun time. And what is wrestling if not I think it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable. That's it's meant to be. Yeah. Most of the time. Or have a ton of light tubes. Alright. Yeah. It's up to you, man. It's yeah, the wrestling is beauty's really, in the eye of the beholder. It's really what you make of it. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was a good fun time. I'm glad we went. I'm sorry we missed all our friends' work. <laughs> oh well, next time. Yeah. Next time. Yeah, right. yeah. Anyway, alright, thanks guys. We'll uh I'll see you in our, our next segment. Bye. Bye. Alright guys, so uh, we uh, have got uh, our, our good friend, our in uh, pretty much our roving Mexican uh, show reporter, uh, friend of good friend of the show, John Craft. Now uh, he reports on Mexican shows, he's not Mexican himself, to be 100% clear. Yeah, just for, for clarity me. there for everybody. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, but today, uh, anyway, say hi John. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, thanks for having me back on. Jeremy, good to see you the other day. Yes, sir. Yeah, so these dudes, uh, we, we had quite an action-packed Friday-Saturday of last week where pretty much all of the things happened. I went to a wrestling show here. Uh, we had the crazy uh, Joey Janela uh, LA Confidential show, uh, and, and we had a 3 to one <laughs> battle show that uh, John... As well as Jeremy, uh, the the lovely Whitney as well. Did Alicia make it to that one, Jeremy? Too. She did indeed. 
Oh, look, the whole the whole American team is together. Look at this. Um, <laughs> sorry? Oh, Justin was there as well. Oh, yes, indeed. My roommate, the notorious Justin Castile. Ooh. But I mean, I thought this would be a great little little it's thing really to good. talk about. We've we've spoken about uh, three, two, one battle in the past, and uh, obviously Jeremy has said glowing things. But uh, this was this was John uh, and and Whitney for that matter losing their their three, two, one virginity. So I thought this would be a great moment to talk document. You know, get your live show thoughts. Three, two, one's a bit of a different experience. So uh, how did it go? I loved it, and so did Whitney. Um, as many of our listeners have heard, if they've been following the show for a while, drag Whitney to a lot of shit, and she's seen <laughs> some good shows. Bola, all in. Uh, she told me after three, two, one was over. She said, "John, this is one of the better shows that I've been brought to. This is a really good time." Uh, and you know, I, I can repeat that all the way. I've we all, we all know I'm a fan of our local, you know, comedy variety show with wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucha Libre and Laughs. It was just very inter- like focus on yeah, yeah, yeah. But but this show here was oh, you're, you're breaking up a bit there, John. You're, you're breaking Rumble up. John is coming in. I should have gotten on Wi-Fi. I uh, I pace when I'm on the phone. I might have something to do with it. Let me just sit down. Yeah, just just, just <laughs> stay put. Just shut the fuck down, dude. <laughs> We're doing a show here. <laughs> Um, no, great show. It was very entertaining all the way through. Um, really enjoyed the Hood Slam guys they brought in. The opening match was easily the best match of the night for me. Great time. That's awesome. I, I didn't even know that Hood Slam had a presence because to me, like Hood Slam is almost like the three-two-one battle of uh, of is that, where is that? It's Oakland. like north of LA, but like below you guys. Yeah, I'm going to say it's just, Oakland. It's just yeah. north of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I've heard great things about it. I really want to make it to a Hood Slam show one day. Home of MC Hammer. Ooh. And Drugs yeah. Bunny. Is Drugs Bunny still there? Well, that was what I wanted to bring up. So apparently, uh, 321 did a joint show with Hood Slam a while back, brought in some of those guys, and they had a good reception. They brought him back. I, I had always wanted to see Drugs Bunny, a uh, funny bone tag team with him. Drugs was hilarious. Showed up in a like a white gangster suit with suspenders and a hat with bunny ears on them. Brought out a big old bag of blow, uh, which was <laughs> by the taste of it getting in the air. It was probably powdered sugar. Boom. And uh, just for an example, it was a tag team match, right? So at the beginning of the match, they presented the challengers with the belt. He grabs it from the ref, puts a big fat line on it, and just blows it all over the crowd. <laughs> and uh, uh, then he pop eyed up in the middle of the match. You know, he started got worn down. Tag team partner Funny Bone throws him in the bag. He does a bag or does a couple lines or whatever. Pop eyes up and starts kicking ass again. I mean, it, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Funniest thing I've ever seen at a wrestling show. I always love Cocaine Hogan comebacks. They're the best thing in the world. <laughs> He's coking up. He's coking yeah. up, brother. He's coking up. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, Jeremy, you know the guys better. I, I don't remember the names, but talk about that first match because that I think we we're all blown away. Uh, first match is my much touted uh, Daniel Macabe, former three two one battle solid steel champion. Solid steel. Solid steel. Uh, and he was he was facing. Uh, another friend of mine, one Sonico, former Seattle Underground champion, the Lucha Ghoul Sonico. So yeah, it was. Fucking great match. Uh, some really 
awesome technical wrestling, some fast, high-paced stuff. It, ju- it started off with a fucking tope through the ropes, so... Uh, and that was by Daniel, not the Lucha guy per se, typically the, you know, the ground based guy. And they were off and running the whole time. It was just great. Lots of cool spots. And man, they're doing a, a, a tournament called the G zero tournament and you get, you score points, you know, kind of like the G one and any, nobody's seen the similarity, but yeah, uh, still fucking great. Two awesome guys, probably two of the best guys there. And what better way to start a show than putting these two guys together? Yeah, yeah, Sonico, like for I, a lot of people start. outside of the Pacific Northwest scene, he's like a, a really uh, solid, like, luchador dude from up there. And he's and super young. Impressed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Defy is yeah, actually spotlighting him a fair show. bit. Yeah. Everyone's talking. That, Go on. John, please. I was. I, I turned to Jeremy and said, "Are all these matches going to be this great? This was this was fantastic." And he said, <laughs> "I hope so. I mean, this will definitely be one of the better ones." But uh, you know, it should be a good time either way. And he was right. I mean, the wrestling was consistent all the way through, but that first match it blew me away. So, how did you like yeah, it? I, I, I tend to undersell the actual. Sorry, Christopher. Yeah. I tend to uh, sometimes undersell the actual wrestling quality because it is such a good time. You like you go there and you'll you're gonna see the craziest shit. It just happens to be it's really posted up by a lot of great wrestling this last year. Mm. I mean, I was gonna say what it, outside of the wrestling. To me, the best thing about three, two, one is just the, the everything outside of the wrestling. You know, like the the whole presentation, the the hosts, the the live commentary, just the whole. It, it's like such a, a unique presentation of of fun. Uh, that that's great, and that's like before the bell even even happens. Like it's just you can tell there's a big fun vibe. Would, did you and Whitney like really catch on to that when you were there? Well, actually, I have Whitney's short notes that she wanted me to mention. Uh, as an outsider, I feel like that'd be valuable situation. Please. Yes, I love uh, it. There were a few points. Let me... First off, the MCs or the hosts of the evening, uh, the very first thing that happened is he came out to the uh, Full House song, dancing Classic. to it. And she, yeah, she, she's a big fan of Full House. Same. Like, all right, I'm paying attention. You know, you, you have five minutes. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, and Jeremy will know the name of this guy, but Big Cat. What is Big Cat's name, Jeremy? Uh, Scott Henson. Big Cat Scott Henson. Big Cat Scott Henson. <laughs> like, is this next generation Much, Ernie Ladd? Was... Nah, man, he's, <laughs> a, he's an actual tiger, dude. He's like half man, half tiger. We, I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian yeah. guy. It's incredible. Tiger. Okay. Wow. So, um, you, you know, Whitney, as she mentioned, Bola, she was a big fan of Puma King for the same yeah. cat-like maneuvers. This guy was great. I mean, he he owned being a half tiger. You you would never believe he wasn't. He was crazy. He was great. And the the opposing challenger had uh, came across a laser pointer and was Ooh. distracting with a laser pointer throughout the match. Everyone knows and, you know, big that cats, cats dancing are just around. suckers God. for laser pointers. So that's a genius maneuver yeah. in my book. You yeah. know, it was. I, I blame it on the ref for not checking thoroughly to make sure that there were laser pointers in the ring mm. or around the ring. Uh, I mean, does but, that count as a foreign the, object? That's the big question. He never hit him with it. It was simply just a distraction. So, Ooh. I mean, really, it sounds fair to me. Yeah, if it doesn't make contact, I mean, it's it's a blurry line. I mean, we ask the hard hitting questions here on Growing Men Watch this shit. But you can't you can't blame a guy for seeing a light and getting distracted like. The, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't shine a light. I mean, mm. Maybe we need to update that rule book. I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> Excellent. That sounds great. Uh, was uh, my favorite from the three two one battle show was the the big uh, the, the dad dude. The uh, who am I thinking of here, Jeremy? Weekend Warrior. Weekend Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fantastic. Was he on this show? This weekend, he was not warrioring it up. Oh, this was one of his off weekends. He had the kids, yep. I guess. He yeah. had the kids. <laughs> yep. Soccer practice. <laughs> I love that act so much. It's perfect gimmick. It's great. So he's still kicking around pretty no, regularly? The show was great. Uh, he, I, I think he was on a couple shows back. I know he was on... The big Battle Mania show, but I know it's maybe been a couple weeks since I've heard, or a couple shows since I've seen him. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. keep us posted. Uh, dude, go on, Yes, John. indeed. I was just going to say the show was great. I, I know uh, Jeremy, Whitney, and myself, we all like uh, checking out Seattle. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, can we talk on dinner and the quality <laughs> of it? Well, uh, the quality of the dinner was amazing. The awkwardness of the not knowing what I was in prepare for or to be prepared for. Was <laughs> uh, yeah, so here's, this, is, this is a good story. So John, John yeah, comes so... into town touting how much he wants to go to this particular sushi restaurant for a particular uh, presentation of the meal. It's called omakase, where they you actually speak directly and are served directly from the sushi chef and this is the best sushi place in seattle the sushi master uh who was taught by one of the biggest sushi guys uh netflix special hero uh so yeah john we're going there i'm gonna join him him and his wife maybe i'm just gonna grab a roll or maybe some bells i don't know I'll, I'll i'll just see i'll play it by ear well when we sit down uh turns out omakase is the only option um, somebody who goes to sushi often might know this to be the case. I did not. Uh, Whitney did not, and evidently John did not. So uh, yeah, we're we're sitting here. The sushi chef comes over and like, you like sushi? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what's something you like, or what kind of sushi you want, or something to that effect. And I told him a particular kind I liked, and he goes, well, don't worry, I've got it handled. And at that point, I knew I didn't get to order anything. They were just <laughs> going to present whatever came, and it was literally the best meal of my life. Wow. And the most expensive thing in my life as well. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently this, this bill was a little bit of a surprise, a, huh? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I, we're, I didn't necessarily have the money sitting around, but it's like when in Rome, eat with the best sushi chef in the United States. We, we tailgated his table. We got there two hours before doors opened. Um, and we're, there was, there was one person in front of us in line that was being paid to wait and she was being seated at the seven o'clock and we were going for five o'clock. She was cool. We tailgated with her. We passed around some of Seattle's own Rainier, uh, which is like Seattle's PBR, I think would be a good way to, to phrase it out. It's really good. Yep. Nice, um, nice. and you know, just kind of hung out and, and went, checked out different things. We got to this table. Yeah. That, that was apparently the only option well, was the option I came for, but even then I was, I was surprised at the <laughs> Uh, but it was, it was the best dining experience of my life. He, we apparently got the best seats in the house. He was very interactive with us. He was talking to us about everything. Um, definitely the highest quality sushi I've ever eaten. Um, and so one of the best parts yeah. was our table mates. Also, like the people we were sitting next to ended up being really cool. Like you, normally when you, when I go to a restaurant, I'm not looking to interact with everyone around. But I was chatting it up with the lady next to her. Her and her husband were really awesome. There was this other couple. So yeah, tremendous experience and just 
what a delightful dining with these people who, you know, were just sharing. Oh, what was your favorite sushi bite? Like what? Just awesome. Like I, that's great. It was yeah. lovely, John. Overall, I love that community experience. Jeremy, what, Jeremy, what was your favorite bite? <laughs> Uh, honestly, I thinking back, it's gotta be when he did the last two, there was like a, a collar and a belly, I think of two different kinds of tuna or Ooh. those were both incredible. And it's typically not the kind of meat that they use for cuts of sushi. So it's like kind of even more of a delicacy and almost scrap, I guess, but fucking delicious, dude. It was the best. Is that the one that like, it's the pork yeah, belly of tuna? Is that, is that that thing? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Mm, so good. Well, Jeremy, I was really glad you could join us for that. Uh, yeah, you. you know, <laughs> I think we were all kind of surprised by it, but, um, you know, money kind of gum- comes and goes in life, and I'm spending on stupider shit than that, and definitely best <laughs> me all my life. So, for sure, agree. Glad, uh, <laughs> glad I had somebody to vouch for it with me. It's a bit of a so, small, yeah, a small home loan for this this payment for the dinner, by the sounds of things. Yeah, we were all yeah. like taking pictures of our sushi because, like, honestly, each bite was presented so beautifully and like uh you're like okay i'm gonna wait and you eat from right to left it's just what amazing i I can't put it over more uh sushi kashima in seattle literally is the best sushi in the united states kashima shiro kashima shiro oh i fucked it up yeah okay yeah kashima shiro well kashima sushi is the name of his restaurant his previous restaurant was shiro's which was his last name. So it goes by his first name. Jeremy, I'll kind of leave it with this. You may enjoy this. He just kept saying that over and over again. Like, you may enjoy this. Oh, yeah. With uh, each, each bite that you sit down, you put it down in front of you and just watch as you ate it. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you, you got a kick out of him enjoying serving us because like, he clearly, like, when he opposite, uh, offered us the first order, he's like, two bites and he's like watching to make sure yeah. that you eat it in that fashion because oh that's good he, you're learning concerned. yeah you're learning as you go you know you're not yeah. not he making these sushi the faux pas that's great man uh well I'm, I'm i'm very happy we got to hear about both the three two one experience but then also this this sushi experience uh did you guys do much else like any bars or anything like that or, or are you pretty much still off of the bars because of the the non-beer thing jeremy uh, me and John hit up uh, while they were tailgating. We left Whitney in line with our friend Penny, the line leader, and me and John went and grabbed a drink across the street. But that's about it. Uh, they, yeah, it was. Uh, he had some sort of ginger drink. I had some. I did my called the Midnight Fire. I forget what was in it, but yeah, expensive cocktails across the streets to pregame for sushi. Mm, nice. Oh, the the final point of Whitney's is she did really enjoy the macaroons. We stayed at the market. Um, quick, quick point. We stayed right at Pike Place Market. It was the best location I've ever found. I got a really good deal on an Airbnb. It was the first time I'd ever been rented. Prices have already been doubled uh, wow. per night based on what I've seen. Uh, got a place like right where you want to be for basically 110 bucks a night or so. Memory foam mattress, whole place, like apartment style, uh, luxury style. It was great. And we're so we would always start and finish our day around the market. And we kept going back to these macaroons. So if you ever get a chance, go get these macaroons. Don't wait four days to eat the last two like we did. Just go ahead and eat them all. No, you want to. Get them all. Uh, but fresh. fantastic. Uh, you know, his, yeah, Seattle has some, some great food down there. So I appreciate Jeremy hanging out with that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I went to second and what was it, Ballard? Is that what I'm looking for, Jeremy? Second uh... Ballard? Like, I think that close. It was like, like that. yeah, roughly, yeah. 
yeah, I, I went down there my first night and had a really good time. So guys, there's a historic district. That, for example, there's the Crocodile Venue, which had like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all these people that have come through there, as well as other touring acts. And then all these bars around there, they're all different types. They all have their own kind of shtick and whatever. Um, lots of pinball, things like that. And some of that area is all being torn down and moved down with like a block or two um, to make room for some kind of thing that they're doing. But it was apparently that's what everybody was telling me I should check out before I left just because of the historical you know, relevance of those bars. And, and it was a good area to hang out. I kept going back out there. Nice. Yeah, that, Seattle seemed really nice. I was only there for like uh, you know one night uh, when yeah, Jeremy yeah, took me around a little bit uh, last trip. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to go back and experience it a, a little bit more. Yeah, I'm yeah. a shitty tour guide. So you definitely <laughs> was awesome. go and indulge yourself. Yeah, fair. <laughs> we had some tasty I showed Jeremy beers. around uh, sushi. So yes, <laughs> I didn't even know that place existed before he came into town. <laughs> well, there you go. Fantastic. I, I may never eat there again, but like I'm glad I did. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate you having me on. I'm going to get downstairs to this party. We are having a, a Friendsgiving with me and all my friends. Um, I'm upstairs in a bedroom right now. We've been having some you know, cocktails and turkey and ham day after. Uh, yeah, just a Friendsgiving for everybody. So uh, Australia, what that is, is, uh, you know, we give thanks for like family and things like that. I don't know if you ever saw it. <laughs> I think it, pretty, it translates pretty easy. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> we give thanks. We sit yeah. around and drink beers together. And there's friends involved. Yeah, I know. Everyone watches their favorite episode of Friends. Oh, delightful. No, that's not it. Boo, damn it. (laughs) Boo, that's what I want to do next year. Friends marathon. All right, we'll go enjoy tricking your stuff in, sir. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving for for you guys. A belated one from yesterday. Thanksgiving, uh, I'm thankful for both of you. You know, you guys have deeply enriched my enjoyment of wrestling. And it's always good to see you guys whenever we travel to other cities. I feel like you're always going to be there and, uh, you know, can always kind of bank on that. So very thankful for you guys. Thankful for this podcast for giving me some sort of justification for the amount that we travel to go to this shit. <laughs> and, uh, and looking forward to the next one. Oh, that's great, right, man. I love it. I, I think I'm thankful for, for you too, man. I, I really uh, enjoy when we have you on and, and even more so when, uh, we get to hang out in person, uh, especially when we in get to person. do it as a, a big uh, wrestling family that we have now. So I think yeah, we're all, we're all thankful for that, man. Love it. I can't wait. And uh, Whitney leaned over and said that she loves you guys as well. And we'll see. Aww. You. Aww. Adios. Peace. Right love back you. at you, Whitney. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. brother. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Right. Good night. Bye. Night. All right. Uh, that was cool. I, I like that. I like when we just get the uh, the the dinner and and drinks and and that kind of uh, side of things outside of just the wrestling shows. I, I like Dude, to think the, that we're a bit of a travel show when it comes to food and beverages as well. The the kicker on that whole thing is I had to get out of there before uh, the end of dinner, so the bill didn't actually. I didn't see it. Yeah. I got a text later from oh. John that said. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the, you know, when you don't know what to say, but you have to say something, a bunch of dots. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, how much? <laughs> like 
600 bucks. And mind you, we did get each got a drink, but the drinks were only like 10 bucks. So that yeah. let's take into account how much the dinner was. And so, how Auto many people was that too. for the table for the $600 table? Yeah, it was just the three of us. Fuck me. <laughs> I feel like all Australians are, are especially getting the burn of that, like when we do the, the uh, currency conversion into fuck mm-hmm. Australian dollars. Let's. Let's uh, add a little uh, point, like thirty percent on top of that, thirty-five percent. Ouch, Shit. man! Yeah. Like, but at least it was the best meal you ever ate. That's what I like to hear. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's not even. I'm not even overselling it. Literally, it literally was. It was so good. That's fantastic. Because if you paid that and it wasn't the best meal you ever had, uh, you know, you would have a problem. I would think. <laughs> maybe i'm just rationalizing it to myself yeah it was the best fucking meal you had dude the best fucking meal you ever had you believe that shit best thing you ever eaten best bites ever i had the same thing with uh my buddy clint i'm not sure if i told you this we went to a bar and we got this beer uh that we just really liked the label of it was this like, real funny thing um but uh we we'd said before we're definitely gonna have this beer on this night and we find out uh clint gets the round and he comes over and he's like dude so those beers, $35 each. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you this, my friend, best beer I ever drank. Yeah, right it was. <laughs> That's awesome. At least it was a tolly bottle for that. But yeah, you know. <laughs> so like 22, a 22 mm. for 35 bucks. Yeah. Tasty 22 fluid ounces is what we go by up here. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I you have, you have the weight that. ounces, you have the fluid ounces. Like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So I think we are up to the the main event of uh, of this show. Uh, we are ready for uh, uh, the 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 G, the genius uh, madman mind behind um, Underworld Wrestling. Uh, my oh. my friend Adam Bruiser. So let's see if we can uh, we can just get him on the line here. Uh, here we go. For centuries, the underworld has been known to the few, the rich, the spoiled, the privileged, the greedy, and the exalted. However, for the first time in hundreds of years, the doors to underworld wrestling are now open to the foolish and curious, such as yourself. Please come in, wipe your feet, and enter the underworld. Careful, though, our patrons can be a little hostile. Welcomes your few and far between in Melbourne's longest-running fight club. Led by the psychotic Lord Mark Williamson, Underworld Wrestling has been conquered and overran by his insidious following, The Claw, for one reason known, to create the stage for their uprising to win the prestigious Underworld Wrestling Championships. Remember, this is not wrestling as you know. These fighters of fate are literally battling till everything they are spent and destroyed. Each victory brings them one step closer to their ultimate destiny, 
And every loss is more devastating since they know deep down what the consequences really mean. For this is Underworld Wrestling, the end of all things. So, like... Yeah, That's fucking guys... awesome to hear. Is this being recorded? Is this on the show? Uh, no, no, I, I didn't get him putting you over. Um, but we're going let's now. Let's that over. Let's, let's, let's start recording. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, it was really Appreciate cool, it, man. man. Like, That's awesome. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, we got some. You know what? We got some really good promos for you coming up with Pitbull from the last filming. I think he'll love Ooh, them. Fuck, fuck yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> Love. All right, so before we get any more gold, I'll, I'll introduce you at the very least. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm uh, stoked to have another one of, of my good friends of, of yesteryear on the show. We only interview my friends, just so everybody knows. But um, I'm quite excited for this friend, uh, particularly because uh, both of, of how long we go back, how much mutual interests we have in, in the more obscure uh, shit uh, in in wrestling, um, but uh, also because he is the the, the mastermind, the the evil creative genius uh, behind Underworld Wrestling, which I don't know about the the rest of y'all, but uh, I'm um the two and a half episodes in, and I'm loving the shit out of it. The concept, the the the, the craziness, the the secret uh cult fight club that's been going on for many the claw, many moons. Sir. The, the claw. claw. Fuck, man. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm so stoked to, to have you on. Welcome to the show, uh, Adam Bruiser. How's it going, bud? Thank you very much, man. Great, great. Yeah, that was a great introduction. Also, I feel like yes. like I just, I'm just making the show for you guys. It's just for you guys, right? Like, yep. you know, uh, like, like, but like, no, seriously, it's, 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 um, it's really cool that, you know, you bring up like we have a lot of uh, crossover in our pop culture love, and uh, it goes back to you kindly picking me up at the airport in my <laughs> traveling days when I, I was did, destroying my body. I did the the young boy rookie airport run for for a few carried different wrestlers bags. back in the day. Yeah, carried, carried the, the bags, bags too. Yeah, classic was, young boy. Uh, as was the. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fuck. Um, yeah, I just remember um, lots of court talking about i think you just started or you were just uh just about to launch into some uh very old school territory wrestling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh i i remember just uh i think i was like i was a big kick of uh watching all, um, all of dbrc's work before he turned on uh jyd yeah yeah in mid-south and we la- launched into just giant gigantic talk which i died which today you could probably still keep going hmm. <laughs> Man, that's so good. I um, I remember so that this first day where I first met uh, Adam Bruiser, uh, back when your your name was actually Rancid, which a side yes. note, you actually got me into the fucking uh, amazing band Rancid. So I oh, discovered cool. that because of your worker name, I and that was like one of my favorite bands. Hey, so great. Uh, <laughs> that's great. I actually I actually hated hated that name yeah and i argued with the promoter that gave it to me and i remember my argument was like yeah well what if i was a metalhead would you call me the iron maiden well how about a wrestler's <laughs> the name metallica you know like, but he wasn't having any bar of it but he eventually oh, Judas Priest, damn it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know <laughs> 
<laughs> actually, that'd probably get over really, really well, you know? <laughs> yeah, actually. Come out draped in leather and chains. <laughs> Who's held up for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have the Kiss Demon as a, as a wrestler, right? That was the thing. There. <laughs> That's single-handedly bankrupt uh, WCW. That's the background for it, story. It's the actual truth. Gene got such a good deal for him. <laughs> so great. Gene is brilliant. My, my favorite like, honestly, part. if you ever wanted, if you doubt his genius, the fact that he got a wrestler based off the Kiss Demon on live television. Uh, brilliant, man. My favorite part was that he couldn't appear unless it was advertised as the main event. So every match that he had, regardless of where it was on the card, had to be announced as the the main event. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah, that's great. That's like the greatest deal in history. Yeah, such a Hogan deal. Him and Lanny Poffo. Him and Lanny. Oh. Lanny got paid a lot of money not to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but so yeah, yeah, getting as... back to my thing, I was I was going to say the first yes. time I met you, right. Uh, we had this lovely chat about like fucking uh, awesome old school wrestling. I'm pretty sure we already uh, both confessed our love to one another of like Abdul the Butcher and Bruiser Brody and all that rad shit. Uh, but then that night, um, you worked this dude who I wasn't really a fan of. Um, I'm not even going to mention his name. Uh, but and you, I think you fucked something up, and you proceeded to beat the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, like, there was some heat from some people, but I remember telling you, brother, that was the fucking best thing I've ever seen. And then we, I feel like the love story just was forever after. <laughs> May I note, I safely beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a <laughs> Nothing <mauling>. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you just let him know. You let him know. Oh, he knew. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's like six rows deep and everyone backstage. But, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was a it was a rougher scene back then. I mean, like <laughs> it was really the wild wild rest. <laughs> like, yeah, wrestling re- wrestling has evolved since I hung up the boots here. You know, some what twelve years ago now, something ten years back. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wouldn't fly today in the the current political climate of wrestling, but alas. I I. I there's still there's still a place for for workers that do like to 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 have uh, the stiffer matches. I think in an, you know in Australia especially, like some of the some of the boys do like to work snug. And you know, I was I was always a fan of it on Same. request. But uh, you know, I'd never just go out there and just maul somebody. Like now although I did get a reputation for that. Oh, but like I got a rep, rep, I, it was good. I sold my I sold my wrestling career on the reputation of being a Bruiser Brody type and eventually changed my name to Adam Bruiser and did the husk gimmick and like, you know, cleaned up in my last years as I was on the way out, which was fun. Here. You were the only guy I've seen in Australian wrestling that actually did the complete Stan Hansen Bruiser Brody entrance where you wildly go into the crowd swinging the fucking chain, not giving a shit <laughs> if anyone actually gets it. It's their fault to run away. I remember there was one near lawsuit from a guy that I'm not going to mention, but... <laughs> awesome. Wow! Wow! Man, yeah, totally. <laughs> also, also the the only worker to stuff people in bins that were being used by the crowd. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm oh, really man. putting you over con- here, man. Um, um, you know, consensual violence. You know, I mean, like if you if you've ever looked at anywhere on Underworld's uh, 
underworld social media, you'll see a lot of the nods to consensual violence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's an underlining theme. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and if you watch the product, uh, the product obviously you have, you know, it's a, it's a big nod to the old school. I mean, maybe the wrestling's not the best in the world, but we're, we're, we're trying to nod to sort of, you know, everything of yesteryear where, you know, even the even the guys on the bottom of the card sort of had some reason for being there. Yeah, yeah, I feel, you um, know? and I said it uh, in, in the past, like it, it's definite uh, vibes to ECW and the older ECW television show, even down to like the the, um, the cuts and uh, just the, the whole card, you know, no matter whether you're looking at a, a dude from your, your let's say, uh, a Tracy Smothers or a, a little Guido all the way up to like a, a, a Jerry Lynn or a Steve Carino or a, you know, Raven or whatever. Like everyone on the card has something. No one's just there for the sake of, uh, you know, here's a dude just there to, to take up some time on the card because we need to fill out two and a half hours. Like everyone's has got a, yeah. a point to what they're doing and I really like that. Well, that, that, that's, that's kind of like how I learned about wrestling and also how I fell in love with it. So like, you know, um, tape trading VHS when I was like 14, 15, I really was heavily into it. Mm -hmm. And I was watching a lot of that, uh, ECW TV, that 96, 97 period. Yeah, man. I reckon 95 you know, was like the hottest, most exciting year when it just sort of, Oh, like, they did so much. Like, yeah. It changed completely from, from watching it like 94 and then like how much it just actually becomes, ECW and that rabid cult crowd and everything, like just from yeah, 94 that's, that's to 95. Yeah, as sort of Todd Gordon slips out, yeah. Yeah. As, as Gordon slips out and Heyman gets more control. And, like, he, he just had so much um, – he just had so much good content, not just, like, the wrestling, but, like, the promos that he would get out of his guys, they always just seem so real. Yeah. And e even the cheesy stuff. And, like, I think it just sort of – it stemmed from Heyman's just obsession and love with wrestling, with the business, which is the guys and just putting the focus on the talent. And I think he put so much faith in them, and that's why they had a sort of a good locker room, or to my understanding, of why it was somewhat of a family. And yeah. in in many senses, that's the template for what I wanted to do with Underworld. Like, you know, I, I still go and watch ECW TV to this day. Like, I still have some rips of the – the VHS stuff and I'll, I'll still go through it and watch that when I, I just want to di disconnect and just be a fan again. Yeah. Same. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm the same as that. I'll, I'll watch it, um, every now and then it's like, Oh, it's been a while since I watched it. And I'll just make my way through the, I think I'm like late 95 where I'm just watching every, every episode and big show. But I mean, you have to watch it off of the VHSs or, or like the old rips because yeah. you can't watch the network ones because if you take the, the official license, you know, the music out of ECW, yeah. it, it completely fills it. it. Yeah. It, it, it's similar to like watching um, Beavis and Butthead. Like I can't watch any of the DVD rips. I want to find like the MTV and like I've oh, got yeah. that stuff. And that, that's, that's it's the only way to watch it. Like that's kind of the culture of, you know, I guess how we grew up. So yeah, it's, that's me kind of grasping at those those things. Like I love that Buzzfeed television of the nineties when it was just like we're loud, we're in your face, and then oh, you know, so psh, good. it's suddenly some fucking crazy hip hop track and, psh, and terror in there, and dudes <laughs> diving off balconies, you know, and then you're like, psh, and there's New Jack stapling some dude like a million times, you know, like I love that kind of shit. That's that's probably just, that's angels from the Maldives. It's probably. Angels. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, probably. I, didn't, I never didn't really thought about that. Uh, fucking how awful Beavis and Butthead would be without the actual music. Like, <laughs> what these guys are just sitting here, ah, yeah, yeah, and then you're like, nothing's going on. Like, we're just, just it them walking around. Oh, so it's yeah, just it's, them walking around? That's horseshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and like the, the the episodes themselves were just like, you know, he gets some stuck in his ass and he's in the, the, the emergency ward or like he deep fries his hand and then has to go to the emergency ward or does something else and he gets arrested. You know, like they, they weren't like, they weren't like cutting edge. Some of it was really good, but like in terms of pushing censorship, they were a great, they were a great thing. But like without yeah. that music and without... Because Mike Judge would do it all ad lib, so he'd watch the music and then like that's why all the cartoon was the same. They'd replay the same things. Like I think there was only eight or so animated um, things that they could do when they were critiquing the music. He'd do it all there, like sure. you know, like whose line is it anyway style. And that, so that's what gave. I think that's what gave it for me anyway. That's what I would watch it for. Yeah, Hell yeah, same. same. I mean, on, on that being said, I fucking loved the movie. And the movie was like oh, almost tremendous. like completely oh, yeah. what we were talking about. Like it's just them going off and having this doing things. See, you're just pointing out that I'm a hypocrite. Okay, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Rad soundtrack oh, on that man, movie. Like, though. I, I love the simple stuff. Like I forget the name of the guy, but the guy who uh, wrestled Slade in the first episode, he got his promo first. So you're like. You're putting yep. this guy up for a big, big boot, and then Slade beats him. Like both guys get over because of that. So it's like easy. It's like simple booking and simple structuring of a TV show. So I really, it's pretty obvious, but it's simple and awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's 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 exactly what I'm aiming for. Yeah, I mean, as much as a lot of people would like watch it and just expect this is wild craziness because of the 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 concept and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you have that. You have the the really out there concept like uh high uh lofty kind of a approach to, to doing a television show type of deal uh but at the same time like the actual basics of of the wrestling have done really well like there's a lot of nods to like your old sort of basic stuff from like a, a, a mid-south like bill watts kind of shit um i mean one of my favorite segments was where uh before I think it was like the first multi-person match, uh, they had you guys had the referees in the room going over the actual yep. rule book, which I thought was so fucking cool, and actually like <laughs> yeah, reading it out and then establishing it, and yeah, I think a, a lot of this stuff and and like the timer and everything, it, it like makes sense, and it's like a lot of wrestling that we watch today, it's like oh, it's not cool to to go over this basic stuff. People already know it. It, it's great to, to reiterate that because it places importance on it. And, and the biggest thing is like how much importance you guys put on wins and losses. And that's so fucking yep. refreshing in, in today's wrestling where so much wins and losses mean fucking nothing. Um, but like with the points and, and like the promos and, and how much like guys need this win to, to be in contention. I, I just love that, that you guys have made wins and losses mean something it, it, it's great i mean it's such basic wrestling but it's fucking great yeah, that's that, that that's you know that's pretty much the name of the game right like i, I wanted to i kind of wanted to take wrestling back to a structure where you kind of knew what was going to happen and then you'd see those inevitable swerves like oh shit because it happened sort of like outside the realm of matches but like when they had to build things on TV and they needed to build a star and they come into a territory for X amount of time, 
they had to like mow through some jobbers and then go up to the big arena and fight for the titles, the Midwest title or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so booking had a transparency to it then too. Um, and that's kind of the nod that I want to do with the, the, the point system. Like if you come in late to underworld, you can look at the points and you go, okay, that's a job guy. That's a mid card guy. That's a high tier guy. Just yeah, from looking sense. at the points. So you can kind of guess where it's going and then oh, boom, uh, uh, we can do a floodgate, which is just, you know, like two things that I wanted to change in wrestling was like, I really hate the reliance on run-ins. Yeah. Nothing For against real. that booking style, but like, it's just, it's too much now that you have to have, you ha- and I wanted to challenge myself basically to be more creative with it. Like, so like I had to come up with the floodgate idea basically. And also at the same time, I was trying to cater something more to television because I really wanted to aim at getting on television, mm. which is, you know, exactly sort of what happened. Um, but like, so sort of like day one, I was like, how do I implement a structure where the fans can sort of tell the basic idea of what's happening without needing to know too much? But then also I had the challenge of you got to make your job guys strong in terms of <clears throat> uh, like Jeremy just said before, like when Slickback fought Slade, it, it could have gone either way because they both got presented as stars. Mm, mm. Yes, sir. You know, so like that's, that's, that's kind of like, yeah, it's the nod to the old stuff and a bit of the nod to the ECW. But then I'm like, I want to breathe fresh air into wrestling. Yeah. To me, it's almost that, like, yeah. um, so I, I kind of liken it a little bit to the, the time where we were at the end of the 80s, start of the 90s, like in the Japan scene, which like was so used to whenever there was big names in a match, there'd be like, mm. it'd end in like a brawl on the outside. Or like, you know, Brody kind of stuff, like how many times you see yep. uh, Brody uh, put over a, a guy. I mean, it happens sometimes, but for the most part, it's always going to end in some, yeah, some garbage, <laughs> uh, you know, disqualification kind of thing. And that was just accepted, but it got to a point where people were like, eh, this is... You know, it, it's it kind of yep. sucks. And then we had the the world completely change when uh, UWF um, came in, and it was all about clean finishes because they're promoting you know shoot style uh, thing of, of yep. wrestling as a actual you know fighting uh, martial art type of deal. And it, that actually forced the hand of New Japan and uh, All Japan to actually you know, stop being lazy with these finishes where it's just, this is a disqualification, this is a count-out, blah, 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 um, you know, and actually go to clean finishes. And then that's almost where we are now again. It's like it's so oversaturated wrestling with, like, all these bullshit run-ins and, and fuck finishes and this, that, the other. Like, it's so refreshing to actually see, you know, wrestling under the context of, all right, we're going to get a clean finish or, or if there's a run-in, there's actually like a, a thing in place with the floodgate um, to where it, it, it's made to, to made sen- make sense under the overall context of things. I, I like it a lot. Yep. Uh, the, my favorite part about the gate is the fucking, it's like the best part of wrestling, Royal Rumble entrance. You know, the countdown yep. clicks down, then it pops open. Everyone pops for the Royal Rumble reveal. So you get one every match. Fuck it. Oh, well, hopefully. It's not guaranteed, <laughs> but, you know, fans have that anticipation coming each show. So. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a yeah. heightened it's thing that when, when the countdown is getting near, like, oh, fuck, we've only got two minutes left. Jeez, this is yeah. maybe going to be the floodgates coming open. And it actually 
Yeah, time limits is another thing. How long has it been in, in American professional wrestling since they actually announced this match will have a 12-minute time limit or a 30-minute time limit yep. or whatever? It's so cool to actually make the, the time limit of the match an actual, you know, um, like proper proper part of things. Did you plan on having uh, the timer displayed right from the start? Like it was going to be a visible thing that people could see? Count yeah, out? that was... Yeah, that was that was definitely always going to be something that we we wanted to have. Like yeah. that was number one. We need the timer on. Yeah, because you can't just yell it. You know, it would take away the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Every every couple of minutes, nine minutes, yes. <laughs> eight minutes. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. No, that was that was definitely something that we always wanted to show off. Like pretty much like the two challenges were like put the clock up and build a gate. Yeah, yeah. That gate is sick, so, man. Yeah. Where did that come from? Um, uh, there is a, a <clears throat> there is a uh, branch of the claw. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> that uh, happens to also secret agent in the metal workshop. Oh, how convenient! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and in Who this, this particular <laughs> in this particular manifestations. Uh, um, spare time managed to knock it off and uh, you know damn it up for us <laughs> I love it and then <laughs> so yeah that uh, it's uh, it's all every I think uh, everything inside this company is very much uh, fuzzy and warm and uh, and friendly and uh, family orientated in that strange sense like you know you notice most of the guys that are on the uh, on the card uh, guys that um you know yourself personally, obviously, uh, from the Australian scene. So it's like, you know, um, getting to see the new crop of dudes coming up under them and my old friends, like, yeah. whenever we run these shows. And, like, everyone that's lent a hand or sort of done something with it has, like, just sort of become part of this, like, ragtag mob. That's awesome. Like, so, you know, like, yeah, the, the <laughs> it, it's cool, like – um it's what we need because we just we try, I, I call it a project over the over a wrestling company because mm-hmm. it, it's it's a bit of an arty take or it's a brasher take and like it's a it's a real we've we've boiled down wrestling like you know, the shit that used to really irritate me where they'd be like we're gonna talk to three guys before it gets to a wrestler and then they're gonna cut a promo about what three dudes have just told us he's gonna say yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of like I wanted to get rid of all that so yeah um, the quick cutting. Um, it's, you know, like, and at the start it was like convincing my team and, and writing things that they were like, okay, so then we'll do this shot and then shoot to the commentator. I'm like, but we're not writing wrestling TV. This isn't, you know, WCW. We're not doing that. We're, we're not even doing ECW. You know, we're doing Underworld. It's different. It's like yeah. every time it cuts back, it's like cuts back from a live show. So you're seeing a live show happening and then it changes the channel to what's going on backstage. Like, you know, it's like the idea of walking behind the curtain. Yep. And really that's that, that's the real presentation. The real attempt at the presentation of it is that it's without those segues. So those guys commentating might not necessarily know they have to go and find out themselves. And they're probably in the know, like the way that wrestling works when you go to a show, like you go to your local indie or, you know, you're overseas and you go, Oh, there's some wrestling. You go check it out. I don't know any of these guys, you, you know, have a beer with one guy at the bar or around the corner and suddenly, you know, everything that's going on. Mm. Like I want that feeling there too. That, that must be present. 
because like that's how we all got roped into wrestling was the fandom of it. Yeah, for real. I mean, I um particularly like the fact that um so you actually with all of these pre tapes and and everything, it's all under the context of like not not there's an invisible you know camera that that happens to to be catching this private moment most of the time it, it's their guys that are actually talking to the camera you know during their, their backstage interview or we have the interview person who's like asking them their thoughts or whatever like it, it yep. or like a, a a promo that they've sent in uh like the one that um the jackson kelly is it that, that sweet one that you did yep. in bondi like i i, I really like that yeah yeah um, he'd beat you up he'd give you the boot for, for saying Bondi and he said it <laughs> twice now so that's like two boots oh shit <laughs> but isn't he the, the Bondi hip Bondi beach bum isn't it in his name no, like no, it's Bondi. that's it's three boots I don't know if you're going to recover from this I don't oh. think anyone's ever survived two boots I mean that that's a pretty sizable boot that he wears as well I'm going to be pretty fucked up and, it's, and if you look at the sole of it it's the Goodyear boot too wow I mean, with my concussion issues, fuck me, I'm I'm in trouble here. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be painting in completely different colors. <laughs> Just black and white. Oh. You know, you know the best thing is too. I know, I I know this for a fact. Jackson Kelly would get up very early in the morning. He would uh, he'd work on his tan. He'd have a coffee. He'd give you a boot or three, mm-hmm. and then he'd go off to find a big breakfast, and. Oh, and then he'd get about his day in defense of Manly. <laughs> I like the fact that especially that he has to have the coffee first because I can relate to that. Coffee, <laughs> boot, breakfast. That order. Yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> um, tell me about the the Amazon Prime deal. Like that's the part that really blew my mind because um, we were talking when we had um, Slade on the show about how that time uh, when I was down there in in Melbourne and I got to see you, like, first time in fucking forever, hey. Um, It was after the the Okada's first match in Melbourne. Okada versus Slex MCW. Went out for birthday drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got slaughtered and spent $150 on one of Fale's New Japan jackets (laughs) and felt like a (laughs) (laughs) 17-year-old. The training jacket, right? So everyone remembers, yeah, man, like, you like, see the young yeah. boys in New Japan wear these sick tracksuits. Yep. Uh, you decided you needed that tracksuit jacket yeah. despite it's the crazy It's so funny cost. because, like, every, every, time, every time I put it on, I'm like, I swear some huge American is just going to kick the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than these uh, – the, what do you think of the dudes that buy the Ribera jackets? Like to try to be like, you know, because it's quite a, a thing to actually be gifted one. But, I mean, to wear one after you've bought it from someone else's being gifted one, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know, man. Those those river jackets are in a league of their own, you know. It's a I'd, sick I'd fight, my, I'd fight my mother and a pack of hungry coyotes for one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never set foot in well, I've I've never wrestled a lick, but I want one. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I'd walk around. Yeah, fuck yeah, Ribera Steakhouse up on this bitch. I don't give a fuck. I think the greatest deal that ever fell through in wrestling history. It's not Brody versus Hogan. It's Ribera didn't fucking give the license to pro wrestling tees. Oh, 
they could have made hella money, especially with yeah. the fucking jackets yeah. that they have now. That's oh man, uh, right? Call. Exactly. Call. Did you yeah. guys hear about the deal that they had uh, with the Road Warriors when they were like officially in business with Zubars? And so they had the Zubars Ribera combined deal where they they sent them over oh. like thousands of of these Ribera shirts to to go in with that's their marketing amazing. with the Zubars. And and like that's how much is that like the classic look of, of the wrestler? You got your bum bag, yeah, you got your Zubars, you got yeah. your Ribera jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll get you back on topic here, man. Let's we do it. We were talking Let's about being wasted with Slade yep. after MCW <laughs> on my birthday. I'm there it. brimming with, with joy in my young boy jacket as mm-hmm. I shovel down my 800 scotch of the night. Yep. And he's like, what if a cult ran wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> so, and guys, like, it's going to be go this gate. There's going to be this gate, there's going to be points, there's going to be this, that, the other. Uh, our, uh, the esteemed leader of the claw is there as well. And we're all just hearing it for the first time. And I'm like, that'd be fucking cool. But then fast forward a year and there's like an Amazon deal in place and like it's an actual fucking thing. Tell us about how this went from this fucking, you know, zany idea that you're, you're popping the boys with your, your rad concepts to actually this, this you know, happening. And being on Amazon. Um, the, the the Amazon deal was directly because we got so much hype off of doing the Kickstarter. And the, the, the Kickstarter was the direct result of not knowing whether or not people would be ready for this. Yeah. Because it's, it's a hell of a concept. Like, are people ready for zany, arty, fucking theater-driven wrestling that's also incredibly competitive and, and sporting? Like, it's coming – like, it's like – Usually people pick one or the other, you know. Mm. Like if it's sport, they, they treat it like sport, and every every you know, and they have all the 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 serious conversation. Then if it's theater, it's theater driven. So yeah, like um, putting it on um the Kickstarter was the like the test. Like we knew we could run it, we knew we could do it. It was like, do people want to see this? Yeah. So um, with that, like we we basically trended really well. Like um, Justine's a really great community leader. Um, she does so much stuff on online. Like we'll chip in and sort of if anyone writes to us, uh, one of three of us will write back as if we're the cult, <laughs> which you know has 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 generated like um, tremendous customer feedback and people just love it because it's like you can have a little fun whilst you're arranging to go get seats at a wrestling show. Can I ask? Is there an you email know? signature? signs off as the cult uh usually just um hashtag glory to the core <laughs> great great <laughs> um so you know like um but like the, the clause the clause becoming more of a diabolical heel and losing traction with the fans because you know like they 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 like you've worked with mark he just gets worse and worse as, <laughs> as he progressively moves through his story um, I, I honestly i love the fact that the claw even though they're an ancient cult, have come through with the times and have developed a social media platform and are aware of hashtags. So that's very nice. Well, they've, they've got to come <laughs> up, you know, in the modern world after they've finally opened up this underworld uh, cult fight club to the public. They've had to get on these, yeah. these things. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the backstory on it is that Mark wormed his way into a cult and then threw out all the leaders and then took their fight club and made it public. So now he needs the public's money to continue trying to get the belts together. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I like so, it. so, yeah, um, 
basically with all the zany ideas in play and the uh the kickstarter just fuck man it took off traction like um that was so beyond up, my wildest expectations when i was like yeah. keeping checking on it i was like wow this is so fucking great um so so basically it just um kickstarter got behind it they made it like an official thing we love kind of um which is their gimmick. Um, we got onto like the front page of the uh, Australian Kickstarter. So if you just go to the, you know, the Kickstarter, there we are. Um, wow. And then like, I think we were like eighth or sixth or something in the world. Um, but at the same time, um, across the WrestleMania weekend, um, we were the top page of the subreddit on the squared circle for like 48 hours on the WrestleMania weekend. Wow. And then during WrestleMania, this is the craziest thing. During WrestleMania, we had like, some stupid amount of like views on the Kickstarter and all day we got these trickles of one and two dollar US donations, just donations. Yeah. And that bumped us by, uh, uh, you know, a considerable amount just in that weekend. And from that it just snowballed and we, we hit the, um, the goal and I was like, Oh shit, people do actually want to see this. Um, and then straight after that, uh, a video on demand service that work and put stuff up on Amazon got in contact with us and they were like, this what's the deal with this. You know, you're making this TV show. It sounds really good. Um, we got contacted by Twitch as well. Um, and we ended up going with the Amazon deal because Twitch would have been, we wouldn't need to produce too much content. I feel like we would have been too content poor just by being mm. a better deal. And I do think um, Twitch is quite saturated with the wrestling product right now. Whereas with Amazon prime, you guys are like the only, you know, good wrestling, uh, content on yeah. there. Oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> well, there's also some other stuff coming up that I can't quite get into yet. Mm-hmm. But in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a what I consider to be major game-changing announcement. Ooh, just guys, on, keep your ears and eyes peeled. That's excited. Just on the Amazon platform, um, like I I do consider myself at this point to be a pioneer for Australian wrestling, flying the flag of getting us out there into other countries and. That was always the goal was to set up a platform for what I believe to be some of the most talented wrestlers on earth. And um, this this has been a, a big push through the guy that helped us get on Amazon and met myself and the team. So, like, uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, we're getting out something that should be pretty fucking cool. It, wow. It's expanding our reach exponentially. Well, I am waiting with, with bated breath, sir. I am looking forward to that one. Um, but yeah, it's, cool. we, we've talked quite a few times about like the Australian wrestling scene, uh, we've, you know, had different guys on, we've spoken to, to Jonah, uh, obviously to, to Matt and, and it's like, uh, Australian scene is such, uh, undiscovered gem for a lot of the world. It's only really started blowing up with the, you know, dudes, uh, going overseas to PWG to the UK, um, and then doing rad shit over there. Uh, but but there's a, a lot of fun stuff over here outside of, of just uh, Melbourne City Wrestling, which is basically yep. that's sort of the main promotion. It's like every, a lot of people think that's pretty much it. And to an extent, you know, there is a lot of trash bag shit out there that you don't want to watch, but there are other companies that do really good shit. You know, your uh, Underworld Wrestling being a, a great example of that and uh, the best part about it being so accessible to international viewers. Uh, so, I mean, that's why I really wanted, as soon as I, I watched that first episode, I'm like, I want to I wanna fucking do as much as, as we can to just try to spotlight that to 
international wrestling fans, American wrestling fans, because it's a, a great, a fun example of doing something different, but also just seeing what uh, Australian wrestling is is about. Yeah, it's a, and it's a big trickle down effect too. Like, um, you know, if, if the American fans are biting on some of the Australian culture, like obviously Pitbull <laughs> is a bit of a sleeper a, hit. <laughs> it's such a great um, example for people that like don't even know Chopper Reed, and yet they're seeing Pitbull and they're like, I fucking love this guy. I I I actually think Chopper may have stolen Pitbull's gimmick. Oh, I'm I'm quite certain. Because it's like it's so legit. Like you know, like you know when you hear Stone Cold talk and you're like, wow, he actually is full on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. it's one of those deals. Like Pitbull is full on Pitbull. That is so great. That's why I like, gravitated to him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Easily um, my favorite character. Please, on the whole please show. let him know. I'm I'm a huge fan. Please yeah. let him know. Both of he'll, he'll know. We'll make sure. We'll make sure. Uh, excellent, excellent. One of the guys I never even actually met in, in my days in the, the wrestling, um, but fuck, man, he's so good. Yeah, and, like, he's just such – he is such a, a unique slice of Australiana. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, um, we've got – so we did the filming just uh, just last Friday for uh, what is going to become hopefully three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um. And some of the some of the stuff that we got with uh, with Pitbull and Mad Dog having a discussion about what the Fight Club used to be like back in the day. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be tremendous. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like like I think I, I think it's uh, very Australian, and I try to uh, inject as much Aussie sort of into one place and just let those guys just just get to it and just do what they're really great at doing. That's amazing. Um, I'm really. And- for all our listeners at yeah. home, if you like Pitbull, uh, you may not have heard of Mad Dog, but Mad Dog is his own slice of OG Aussie wrestling hardcore Australiana that's just so unique. <laughs> and I, I can't Mad, wait to see what yeah. people think of him. Mad Dog is like Necro Butcher if he never quit. <laughs> <laughs> and had a, a big what? sick dog tattoo in his chest. He's got he's got a he's got a pit bull with a human body doing a muscle pose on his stomach, <laughs> <laughs> or a bulldog, awesome. mate. I think it's a bulldog, and then he's got another uh, another bulldog tattoo on his arm that says Mad Dog, and that's those are his tattoos. Just two odes to being a Mad Dog. Yeah, <laughs> and like if you don't know the Australian term Mad Dog, it's literally just like you know beer sculling, pot smoking. You know, door breaking with headbutt giving, you know, Aussie, <laughs> Aussie icon. Like, I like that you corrected yourself from saying Aussie Bogan to Aussie icon. Well He's done. He's not a Bogan, though. <laughs> Mad Dogs aren't Bogans. They're not. <laughs> Mad Dog's a sick cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if you've been a sick cunt for long enough, you get upgraded to Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Like Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, you evolve. (laughs) Yeah, you evolve with lots of beer and a couple of joints. A couple of big joints. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Definitely the. I I would say rather than joints, the um the uh the weed smoked out of the the beer can. You gotta gotta do it that way. I think proper Australian. Yeah. Oh man, oh, Jesus! That'll work in a pinch. Yeah, it does. It does work in a pinch. I've seen. I've seen a few lonely souls do the old tinny, come up with the black lips. 
<laughs> I just <laughs> remembered out. I just remembered out Tinny from New Orleans, Jeremy. <laughs> oh yes, sir. Yeah, we had to make do. Yeah, we could. It's like, where are we gonna go find a pipe randomly? Oh, then. Yeah, that was a hell of an evening. Got oh some yeah, fucked up some cocaine that wasn't cocaine all the way through. If for me, yeah, I'll person. give you. I'll give you a nice. I'll give you a nice uh, Aussie story about pot smokery. So back in uh, Chris's day, when we were kicking around in Queensland, we used to party at uh, the mansion of uh, one Donny St Michael. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we were we were having one of our mega parties, and there's one of the referees, Warren Moon, who I named oh. after Jackie Moon, from you know the Flint Tropics. <laughs> from, from everybody loved everybody. Yeah, the same yeah. amazing yeah. throw. So uh, he's absolutely wasted, and he's like, he gets down on one knee and he snatches uh, one of the, this bong, and he goes to he goes to smoke, and as he does this, the uh, the now WWE superstar uh, Buddy Murphy explodes into the party and as he opens the door he's like hey and he looks down he sees Warren Moon he's like what's Warren Moon doing smoking one of those funny cigarettes (laughs) 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 and like Moon just pisses himself laughing and it's just like he just launches shoots all the water out oh no (laughs) saturates everyone sitting next to him that he's kneeling in front of (laughs) like I've seen that happen once or twice party one of those yeah, party fell. <laughs> he didn't recover for the rest of the night, though. Like he, like he, he fell into a laughing fit. Like, what the fuck's a funny cigarette? You know, like just. <laughs> and that was it. He was, he was gone. What's more moon doing? <laughs> I'm definitely blaming uh, Matt Silver, Buddy Murphy, for that one. That's not Warren Moon's fault at all. I'm putting the blame on he Silver. Wanted, he wanted nothing to do with those funny cigarettes. Let me tell you. <laughs> He was off in the corner flexing and drinking beers. I am not surprised at all. <laughs> that is exactly the Matt Silver that I've heard stories about. <laughs> oh, my. We have fun. We have fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, all right. Um, when you knew you had the Amazon Prime thing in place, was there almost like a pressure to where you're like, holy fuck, this we better make this good. This better be what we want it to be. Or we're like, nah, man, we got this. There, there wasn't like, I was all chill about it. And then like, uh, in the middle of like one stressful night, trying to organize a bunch of shit, uh, old mate, Australian suicide, Ryan Rollins hit me up. And like, he's like, so heaps of fucking pressure. Everyone's talking about it over here. And then <laughs> I was like, uh, what? And Thanks, sort of bro. dawned on me that the world, the world actually was talking about underworld wrestling, and I was like, "Ah, uh, no, we we can totally do this." And I'm like, "Fuck, man!" He literally wrote like, you know, "Wow, man, you guys look really awesome. Huge amount of pressure. You better deliver the goods." I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> "What a dick! Fuck you, Australian nah, suicide." <laughs> nah, Australian suicide's the bomb, man. Like, oh, yeah. I fucking. Like then, no, it, that's, it, a, that's it, a good way to bust balls. Like if you you knew your friend was doing it, yeah, a lot of pressure, mate. He, <laughs> Fuck yeah. He, I taught this kid seriously when he was a kid. I taught him how to fucking Brody his way out of most situations, and like he used to get picked on really bad. And uh, I man, I pushed him to stand up for himself whilst also being a jerk to him until he stood <laughs> up to me, and then I sold it so well that it gave him that little boost to <laughs> just kick out of everything and uh yeah man i've seen that dude like oh he's he's like 
the punkest dude ever. Like, if you think me swinging chains and running through the crowds, punk rock, you got to hang out with this man. He has if you prank this guy, now. dude. But if you prank this guy, he will legit chase you with a deodorant can and set you on fire. Oh yeah, he works up down in Mexico, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So he lives over there like a crazy person. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. I reckon he could have. I reckon he could have. He could have left Mexico a hundred times over with the talent that he has. For real, but yeah. the, the the crazy anarcho lifestyle over there just appeals to a little punk rocker like him. Yeah, that's I fucking think so. awesome. You you yeah. created a fucking monster, man. Because I remember first time I met that that motherfucker. Um, he was like the most shy kid. Like he was yep. like scared to even in like putting his match together. He was like even scared to suggest stuff. Like he he would like not talk to anybody, and then go to that to the monster that we see today. I'm, I'm looking at you, friend. Yeah, man. No, he totally like he hit me up the other day. Zach, because trying to tell me what to do. Told me to get fucked. You taught me well. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my boy. I love Good it. on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Plus, we have like identical music taste as well. Like heaps, heaps in all the horror punk shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's like another thing we we bonded over the misfits, right? Yep, totally, man. Yeah, love it. Man, would you ever have thought that we would see the day where Danzig is back touring as as the original lineup is back together? What the fuck? I don't know, man. Everyone gets hungry, right? Yeah. I mean, I, like I, everyone comes out of retirement. We all run out of money eventually. Yeah. You got to put aside <laughs> like, your difficult nature. I always blame like, Jerry here, only, though. All wounds. Yeah. Like, you know, like even in like, you know, how many times do people have absolute most massive blowouts in like wrestling, entertainment, all types of industries, especially music, only to sort of, you know, come back together. Like it, it always happens. We get angry and then it's like, you know, 10 years later and you're like, I've changed because fuck man, like people actually do change. Like when you're younger, you don't think it's possible. But when you, when you like get up there in your thirties, like I am, you realize that, you know, people actually can change, man. Yeah, I believe in that. I believe in that. Like, um, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Like, um, so I, I wouldn't say me and Gambino ever got along in the past. We were chalk and cheese. Yeah. And, you know, I won't even get into the reasons, but, you know, like, you, you know, you just, you could literally say, like, he was like, PC, I'm going to go be a cop. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm a badass punk metalhead. Yeah. You know, and we just didn't this get is, along. This uh, is Gino Gambino of, uh, Bullet Club fame for all of those playing at home. Oh, too um, sweet, brother. Ooh. Yeah, so like, yeah, we never really got along. But then we fast forward to now, and he he took me and Mark out to you know cigar bar. We sat down, had a great night. Ended up going to the casino, having a few drinks. He's like, he's just super chill, dude. Super easy to talk to. Just you know, like we all just grew up. Yeah. In that sense, so like you know, I think I think if anything. Coming back to wrestling, doing Underworld, it's like it's been full circle for me because I came into wrestling to heal heal things. Like I think a lot of why people come into wrestling is sort of like we fall in on, in love with it when we're younger, which is where the fandom starts. But I think a lot of people who who wrestle they come into it to sort of heal things, like you know, because it's it's an extreme fucking sport. Mm. Like and you bond with people in ways like, you know, yeah, come out there and kick me in the head and I'll fly off the balcony and fall through 40 tables kind of in, in the weirdest way. Like, and you bond through such strange art. Like I think when I, I came into wrestling, I was really lost and I was looking for something, you know, and it, it matured me and grew me up. And then when I got mm. injured, that humbled me 
and that that knocked all the ego and all the fucking I'm a big bad six foot three hundred thirty kilo fucking one hundred and eighty bench press and fucking you know like I I it it humbled me all the way down but I still loved wrestling so like coming back around again and just meeting everyone how they've changed in the time that I was away mm. and sort of um yeah like learning it's it's been a real learning process a full circle thing like I was saying before like Underworld's like a family it's like it's funny how. Cause like I always say with Gino, like I really respect him. I always wanted to wrestle him wherever he went. I tried to go there because like I thought he was a, a phenomenal talent. And then to see him walk out of New Japan in that Rumble, you know, it just it, that felt amazing. Like mm. whenever I see the Aussie guys do do well, it feels amazing. And like for those playing at home that wouldn't understand, like Australia is a place where we don't have proper education in wrestling. We don't have superstars. But right now we have a bubbling scene. Uh, I'd say they're hungrier than ever. Mm. Like you, I don't think there's a place in the world that would be as hungry as the Australian wrestling scene right now. And like, not only that, but all the guys, they know the importance of they've got to do well. So the guys that are underneath them and are, are now nipping at their heels can do well. Mm. And like, and then having said that, said that, it's like when I see these guys like Robbie Eagles go over there because like, you know, Mark, Mark helped set up PWA in Sydney when it was PWA Elite with with Ryan and Madison, and then Ryan and Madison continued, and Ryan, you know, when he opened the first training school, I used to go down there and train, and I remember seeing Robbie come in, and now to see him in New Japan, it's just it fills me with this incredible feeling, like it's such a amazing thing to think people are actually waking up to the Australian product. And then that got me so hungry. Like I have like, you know, all these feelings So just before that happened, it got me so hungry to, to put underworld out there and go, Hey, here's sort of, you know, what else we can do. Hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's always great to me when like the dudes that like spearheaded that, that success and, and people knowing about the Aussie scene are just good dudes. Like, I mean, between Jonah and, and Robbie Eagles, um, like, and, and Davis as well, like Mark Davis in, in the UK. Like, these are all guys that I know are really good guys, and, like, they're the and ones getting them success. Grow up too. Yeah, yeah, for real. Oh, man. These guys grow up here. <laughs> Compared, like, the, the Mark Davis that I knew from when I was, like, first training, and probably the same one you knew back then as well, to, like, the dude that he is yep. now. Completely different thing, hey. Yeah, and like um, I came in very similar. Like, like I came in very, very similar to wrestling. Like I was young, I had a big mouth, I didn't exactly have a, a great role model or father figure or anything to sort of guide me. And like wrestling was very outlaw in Australia some twenty years ago. And um, yeah, like to see not only that all these guys have matured and grown up, but like they're rebuilding, like replenishing this this scene. It's like it's it is actually really incredible. Like um, you have Mick Moretti doing a lot for the 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 scene, the movement, and um, like a lot of those PWA got, uh, PWA dudes are like really really kicking ass, and um, mm-hmm. with Jag being signed to NXT to become a trainer. Man, how much does that that just tell you straight up like yeah. the the great work that that he's been doing this whole time because he was. Yeah. Uh, amazing trainer down in Wrestle Rampage, like for the last like decade, I want to say, 
um, and just in Adelaide in general, and then the success he's had in, in Japan, and, and then, yeah, like he's been recognised for being the great trainer that he is, and in the WWE Performance Centre. Like, that, that tells like, you how good this scene can be. And, and little things like that are what, um, what's the key to working our way over into the hearts of America and into a bigger scene. Because, like, this is, a, this is the scariest thing, right? In Australia, I don't think a wrestling company can ever reach the heights that it, it should or it used to in the 90s or previously just due to the fact that a lot of Australian culture is influenced heavily by what the world does. Mm-hmm. So, like, in Underworld sense, that really led me to want want that's that's what got us the amazon deal that's what made me write the tv the way it is that's what made me push it into it like i'm making this to to really i want to get into that america market i want the fans to support it to the point where we can do a a similar thing to progress and and take it over and tour it yeah like that's 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 something that i really want to do but it's like we need to push into that market and i don't think like the american fans realize how much they could help by just supporting. It doesn't necessarily need to be Underworld. It could be Wrestle Rampage or it, it could be EPW or anyone, you know. EPW, like, Black Label, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, Wrestling Go, anyone. And, and you know, the, like, uh, there's so many good places here that are just brimming with talent and the the economical situation in Australia is good and you can't support wrestling monthly, monthly, on, on live, but if we want to get anything into a, a deeper TV market, we we all need to penetrate within to the, the international market. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do with Underworld. It's the beginnings of that. I'm trying to reach for, hey, guys, check out what we're doing. Send help. Yeah. Yeah, that's you cool know. to know. Like, that's the, the long game. Um, and I, I agree. Like, that's that's the, the, the real measure of success, I think, when we can get the world looking at this and then you're actually being able to um to take advantage of that by actually doing stuff with that market yep rad man um fuck really really cool to talk to you dude every time i see you it's like it's great to catch up and then it's i don't know i I hope hey i want to ask you uh the wrestling church thing was that last week yep uh november 11th november 11th Fucking tell me about yeah. that and please explain uh, Wrestling Church to Jeremy. I fucking wish I could have been able to come down for that. That sounded fun as shit. Okay, so Wrestling Church is basically a bunch of uh, wrestling fans. We sit in a bar. We get drunk, play Nintendo 64, um, uh, WCW NWO Revenge. We had a tournament and we're going to watch the 1995 Cactus Jack uh, death match for the IWA Japan Kawasaki Dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually want to do another one um, probably in the new year. Radman, I uh, I want to come down for that. Is that going to – hopefully that can line up with a show or taping yeah, or well, something? Um, yeah, if, if things work out for what I'm attempting to line up next year, we, um, we're going to have a show that you won't want to miss – in a Ooh. venue that you'll need to be in Ooh. with an after party that'll be definitely worth it. 
All right, that's all you need, all you need to tell me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm heavily considering promoting the show with like I don't know if you've ever been in, uh, to like to like a squat gig or like you know like a illegal warehouse party or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, like, like pop up. You know, it's really, yeah, man, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I used to love that shit when I was playing in bands, and like I, I still do, but I just don't get get the chance to you know go out or move in the scenes where I would really get invited. Um, but like I really love the vibe of having to know somebody that knows the address. Yeah. And I really, yeah. I I really want to promote an event where it's like you get the address given to you when you buy a ticket. Oh man! And dude. I think I found. I, I think I found the perfect venue for it, and like, uh, hopefully, everything works out. I'm not going to jinx myself by talking about it too much. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, let's just keep it on the yeah, down okay. low. But fuck, I hope okay. that materializes, yeah. man. That sounds real cool. Yeah, I just, I really want to um, transfer the audience into the vibe of what I'm trying to present. Like, it really is an underground illegal fight club. Yeah. And the claw really are fighting for these, you know, these mystical fucking relics and they want to get these two belts together for reasons unknown. <laughs> but the fate of the universe is, is, is in your hands. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Watch out. They'll get them together and then everyone will just like 50% of the, the population will just disintegrate. Oh, somebody did that gimmick already. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was Vince. He did that gimmick already, right? Yeah, oh no, wait, it was Thanos. My dad, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I was confusing those two guys. I was going to say The Simpsons. <laughs> Isn't that a weird twist where that's actually true now? Because Disney own Fox, which is The Simpsons. They also own Marvel. Yeah. Fuck, it's a weird world. <laughs> Man. Lisa Simpson's my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more in a, I'm more a Mindy Simmons man myself. All right, all right. Yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. Controversial, but Homer, Homer fucked up there. Yeah, should, uh, what could have been? <laughs> what could have been? <laughs> I remember never being as as emotionally torn as I was as a young man watching that. Like, oh, what are you doing, oh, Homer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this has been this has been an awesome chat, bros. This is what yes, I love. Sir. We've Thanks we've talked uh, we've talked fucking some Simpsons. We've talked other weird shit. We've rambled through some craziness. We've talked rancid. Just the whole. We gamut. missed the best part of everyone putting me over at the top of the show that wasn't being recorded. I'm really bummed. That was great. Mm, mm. <laughs> Everyone okay, so over everybody, so hard, bro. everybody over here in Australia absolutely loves you, dude. Like your enthusiasm for wrestling, especially for Underworld, has popped many a locker room. That's great to hear, honestly, because <laughs> I am not always the most cheery inside, but I like to broadcast positivity. It definitely makes me feel better, especially when that touches other people. So that's great to hear, man. Well, that's that's totally how it's being perceived over here, man. So you can you can go to bed smiling, knowing that you're popping off. Yeah, all. cool. <laughs> Book ended we... that conversation with me being put over. Pat on the back. No, thanks, man. <laughs> Your product's awesome. I, honestly, it's the best thing about it is because it is the simplicity of just simple structured wrestling with this over the top presentation that you know needs to catch people's attention these days. So I I love it. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Yeah, yeah that's man. that's definitely the name of the game. 
All right, man. Let's hit some plugs. What you got for us? Me? Yeah. What am I plugging? Man, are you serious? I, I'm just going to talk website. about, like... It's a website. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. No, I just want to talk about cool shit. Like, everyone should listen to this rap group, Zarface. They're really good. <laughs> it's inspected. Yeah, C-Z-A-R. Zarface. Yeah, oh, man. I think it's I've like, gotten uh, onto them. I've had a taste. Yeah. L7 and Esoteric and uh, Inspector Deck from Oh, Wu-Tang. Esoteric from yeah. fucking. Uh... Yeah. Uh, Bussin Esso? <laughs> what? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that rapper Esoteric. Uh, maybe it's a different guy. Two people with the same fucking rap name. Maybe. I don't know enough about it. I'm like, literally, like, I'm like, I love Cool Keith. Everyone should listen oh, to Cool yeah. Keith. Fuck yeah! Like, oh, okay. You can't tell me to. You can't tell me to plug my own shit. I'm just gonna plug <laughs> cool stuff, man. Like, run out and watch Godzilla DVDs. Everyone should see Death Copper. He does like fucking. He does like an attitude adjustment through a building to one of the the kaiju. <laughs> These are the plugs that I fucking want now. Everybody, don't plug your own shit. Just tell us rad shit to check out and Google. <laughs> yeah, man, if, That's how if we you... end the show every time. No <laughs> plugs. Tell people cool shit to check out. <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? Go. <laughs> oh, man. Chocolate Lucky Charms. All right. Oh. But, like, we can't get them here, so i got to import them. But then also Chocolate Shreddies, which is from the UK. So, like, I can only get my favorite cereals imported. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but that's you, I'm when on you this know whole trip now. i got to plug something else. I'm on this no milk trip, and I've been, like, having, like, really decent coconut milk with my cereal. Ooh. It bams it up a notch, man. You want to try that <laughs> shit. <laughs> These are the hot tips that How I want. How do you milk a coconut? How do you milk a coconut? <laughs> they, they've got liquid in them. You crack it on. Yeah. I, I thought they had nipples. Sorry. Mm. See, that's what you've been doing wrong, man. Looking for the nipples. <laughs> you should have been finding Jimmy Snooker's head to smash it on his skull. Oh. To, to get the milk out. If wrestling has taught me anything. <laughs> Rad. Um, but yeah, man, if you want to hit us up, we're on Pivot Share. You can go to our website, underworldwrestling.com, and find absolutely everything there. Do yeah. follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UW Fight Club. Oh, you and, ruined uh, the gimmick. You ruined the gimmick yeah, by giving no, actual sorry, plugs. Man, I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it all serious. Oh. Um, but yeah, like, uh, if you ever want to talk weird shit with me, find me and, and come at me, especially weird Japanese zombie movies that happen to be kind of baseball related it's a bit of a fetish of mine (laughs) (laughs) i really hope Uh, you get some weird people hit you up from this oh bro i love talking seriously i love talking like weird pop culture stuff man um here i'll leave you i'll leave you with the story so do you remember shadow phoenix Uh uh-huh i sure do aki in no way um aki so for play people playing at home uh, dude, uh, from the uh, Toriumon, I think was like the Toriumon. Yeah, Murcielago. Yeah, yeah, Murcielago. Uh, also, um, he was a, a big uh Murcielago in Osaka Pro, right? Uh, I can't remember. Flash Moon in Osaka Pro. Yeah, Mercilago yeah, Murcielago in Toriumon. Yeah, yeah. So there he was go. a big name, and then uh, he actually came over uh for a fair few shows um over here, and I actually got to train with him a, a fair bit. Rad dude, I really, really like him. 
Um, and he had probably the best match that I'd ever seen in person in Australian wrestling, him oh, and Chris Hero. Yep. And it was like Sky it was like watching Skyder and Ultimate Dragon go at it. But yeah. like oh, so at a great. million miles an hour. It was incredible. Okay, so Shadow lived with me for a bunch of time and like remember when I was kinda of getting fit, he used to just drag me to the gym and teach me how to work out. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so like he'd watch pretty much all everything in my house that was Japanese, bar uh one of my favorite movies, uh Battlefield Stadium. And um, it's basically a just bizarre, uh, like, zombie comedy about, like, fighting baseball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm all about this. Um, so, basically, um, he, he refused to watch it. Ooh. And, like, I, I, and, like we, got, we got in a heated discussion and I told him that he dishonored me. <laughs> 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 and so the next day he's like, I, I have thought about it, and we will watch the movie, but I, I don't guarantee that I will like it. So we put it on, and it's like the opening scene, and he's howling with laughter, uh, and he's like, by the end of the night, he's like falling off the couch laughing. And so like I'm like, okay, cool, and I go, I go to sleep. And then I wake up the next morning, and he's watching it with the director's commentary. <laughs> and he like he fucking grabs me. And he drags me to the couch and he's telling me all the fucking shit that's even funnier about the movies. Like, all these people, students, they didn't get paid. Like, he's just, like, pissing himself laughing. (laughs) Like, and then, so, like, months later, he gets back to Japan and he sends me this photo of him. And he's, like, with one of the fucking actors. What? And he's got an autographed copy of it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he, like, shoot, refused. It's like, no, this is a very stupid movie. He, like, read it all. <laughs> no, stupid movie. I'm not going to watch this movie. Too stupid. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I hope that just made your week when you got that photo of him with the, the oh, autographed dude, copy. Dude, totally. Like, I think, like... The only thing that actually that, that just recently topped it was Mason went to Japan and he got Ken forty five to send me a personal fuck off message, which is amazing. <laughs> Ken forty five, big uh, big punk punk wrestler over there in Michinoku Pro. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does shows. He does wrestling and punk shows. So he'll like wrestle, like he'll wrestle, get busted open, and then like he'll walk from the ring to the stage and then do a set. So punk, so punk. <laughs> punk as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> He's practically the the Henry Rollins of uh, pro wrestling. I'd like to think. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yep. so good. Oh, all right. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That was fun as Thank shit. You I Absolute this was pleasure great. to catch up, man. You too, bro. We'll have to uh, get you on down the road. Uh, maybe when when all that uh, crazy shit is about to go down, and you can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. that'd be dope. All right, for sure. Sweet. Thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, you take care. Yeah, no worries. Peace. Uh, See ya. Bye. All right, cool. So that interview was really fun. I enjoyed myself Dude, I quite a bit. I spent more time laughing. There's a lot of laughter audio that happened on this show, and <laughs> I think that's an indication of a good podcast. We had a lot of fun. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I, uh, I had a great time. We talked a, a gamut of things outside of just wrestling. Uh, 
And I, again, I, I'm completely full of my own shit on this show, and they're just like talking to my buddies and reminiscing. <laughs> I don't know whether other people enjoy it, but I have fun. <laughs> I, I just try to get my shit in while I'm around, you know? And Adam is awesome. Uh, fucking great to talk to somebody who comes up with an actually unique concept. There's obvious comparisons that can be drawn with other products, but this clearly and truly is something pretty unique and pretty awesome and really thought out. So great to have him on to discuss his little passion. Mm. It was really cool because it was like the last episode where we, for the first time, were just kind of like given our takes on uh, Underworld Wrestling. And then now we're like, we've talked to the the, the intelligent monster, Slade Mercer. We've, we've talked to the, the Booker Man himself, Adam Bruiser. This is, this is great. Muckety muck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun. All right. <laughs> I hope everyone else enjoyed that. Um, and also, he introduced something I think we should try to adopt. The not necessarily plugging. You can plug, but just put over some stuff that you think is cool. Yeah. I like that concept. We might have to adopt that permanently. I, I think so. I, I think definitely in lieu of us us having the, these these big money sponsorships, which are definitely on their way for this, this show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, just give shout-outs to Rad Shit. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, shout out to Chinese food. Uh, it's delicious. Fuck yeah. I'm uh, personally more of a Szechuan kind of guy when it comes to the Chinese food. You know, I, I right. like Chinese food, but of the, the Szechuan variety, the really salty, spicy. Not a Cantonese guy? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, I need Understood. salty spiciness, vinegariness, all of that. Respect. Respect. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, put your plugs out, buddy. All right. So, I mean, myself, uh, as uh, always, you can check me out on uh, the Instagram and the Twitter at Chris Things. Um, fuck, I have to come up with some sort of art thing for uh, Adam. Uh, in addition to, uh, uh, there's no way I cannot commemorate this uh, amazing moment in the life of David Arquette. So, fuck, I'm going to be busy. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the, uh, the the tree monster rendition of uh, Slade Mercer. That, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Tribute a little while ago. So, yeah, it's a fun time. It's a fun time. How about you, sir? Where can we find you? Uh, I am both on Instagram and Twitter at James Vanderbeek, J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek, after that, at symbol. Uh, get after me if you need a shirt design or if you want to just... Tell me you think my shit is funny, uh, or you know, share a interesting name that you maybe you want me to Photoshop. If it's funny enough, I'll fucking do it. Mm-hmm. He's very open, friends. And also, if you are a worker <laughs> and you need some merch, well, I know where you should go. You should you should hit up Mister James Vanderbeek, and he'll be able to sort you right out in a jiffy. I would love to help out, of course. Very talented man. Uh, I always point to the uh, amazing uh, Scott uh, Steiner uh, shirt. Uh, fuck, it was so good. So good. Are they still, still selling? Still, still doing well? Great. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, so many puns. So little time. <laughs> All right. I mean, let's let's get to the the rest of the plugs for for social suplex. Uh, you know, always uh, get on that social suplex uh, pro wrestling podcast network. There's a lot of other fun content other than just us. Uh, you can find that at socialsuplex.com. You know, the range of shows going from the One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, the Outsiders Edge Wrestling Show, and of course, keeping it strong style uh, with our boy. The young boy Josh Smith, uh, along with Arthur Jeremy. 
check it out, socialsuplex.com. Mm. All right. So, so that's it. I think this is going to be quite yes, the long-running show. Uh, so as hey. always... Courtney, hope you enjoyed this one. <laughs> Get swifty, everybody. Have fun, guys. Thanks for listening. Bad, 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 bad,